Hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. Matt, we are live for the second week in a row. The second yeah. week in the row and it's working out pretty good as well straight away. Yeah. I think I've got the green lights, which is a good sign. That is a good set. Nothing's caught fire yet. Nothing has blown no. up. Nothing is fucked. We got here. We got all the regulars. We got Marvel Knight and Tevya and uh, Amazing Spider-Man and everyone else here in the chat with us. And I'm sure more people will be coming along their way soon once we get the ball rolling. So thank you, everyone, for uh, joining us for what I'm sure will just be just just to be a peach of a show. I'm sure just a, just a shiny penny of a show. Oh, I'm sure it will be. We've got lots of really fun news to talk about as well as like fun and not so fun comics yeah we'll get to that when we get to it but uh how was your week matt how you doing uh it was pretty good it's pretty good i'm fresh from oz comic con i went there on saturday nice. i couldn't go sunday um but i went there yeah. saturday and had a lot of fun i got i got lots of cool footage although some of it i can't use for some reason because it's not Ooh. working on my systems uh oh, which I is hate that. upsetting but um yeah, it was pretty cool. I, 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 I had a casual elevator ride with a guy who plays Kid Flash. Oh shit! What like was it that just, like? Oh yeah, it, it, it was. It was. It was like casual. Like I was just in like this elevator going up to like where they have like the um, uh, like the media thing, and, and mm -hmm. he just and he just like stopped the elevator and like got in. I said like hi, and he just like went on his way. It it, it was huh. kind of surreal. <laughs> much much like the show, he was there. <laughs> had a little bit of an impression and then he was gone he was gone in a flash he's a really he was... tall guy as well yeah from what i understand yeah <laughs> well that's cool it's always fun to have those stories i've been telling my uh what is it chewbacca story for the longest time <laughs> when he tapped me on the shoulder from on high because that type of uh man that he was <laughs> <laughs> amazing spider-man says that he met josh keating yesterday that's pretty cool nice He's a cool guy. He was one of the first people I ever got to interview back when I worked at Name Redacted. Nice. Yeah, he's a he's a cool dude. Uh, uh, so, yeah, do we want to hop into the news for this week there, Matt? We actually do have some rather interesting topics. I can see the chat is definitely chomping, chomping at the bit about it. Yes, yes, let's hop into it. Uh, all righty then. So I guess the first piece of news here, uh, it was Batman Day uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm is what it was which I, it's so hilarious to me batman day i'm like isn't every day batman day it is at DC like what, what, Comics? what's different about this day oh someone just posts happy batman day but like you do that every other day <laughs> i mean it is always batman about it he's he is always being celebrated i don't know why he needs a special <laughs> day to celebrate him and a fortnight thing yeah oh, the fortnight thing was beautiful beautiful just doing one of the i don't know what Fortnite dance that was on the place where his parents were gunned down is just it's what oh, bob yeah. kane and bill finger would want most definitely man Fortnite is huge the fact that they get both the dc tie-ins and the marvel tie-ins that's how massive they are <laughs> yeah yeah never did i think you'd see a company that gets both but yes it was batman day so it was the perfect time to finally announce the question that i know has been on our minds matt ever since we heard that Tom King's supposedly 100-issue run was getting cut short, only to be replaced by another 12-issue miniseries, which is what it should always have been anyway. But we finally know, officially, rumors were circulating, but the rumors turned out to be true. Uh, you know, favorite of the show, I think, uh, James Tynan IV will be taking the reins on Batman. Yeah, the, this is, it's kind of like a no-brainer as well, since he's he's written like Batman and Robin Eternal, 
uh detective, detective Conf comics. comics all those things in the past so he's kind of like like built himself up a good resume to take over the main batman book and i'm really up for it i'm, I'm enjoying like what he's doing with like justice league just League dark and stuff like that yeah. so i'm very much excited for that he's he's just killing it across the board right now he's shown that you can give him something and he will turn in just tops material mm -hmm. of it i don't think justice league dark has ever been as big as it is under him right now he's also doing really well in the realm of indie comics i haven't read it yet but he has that new very stephen king inspired book there's something killing the children which apparently is just getting rave reviews mm -hmm and actually pretty good sale. So I'm sure this is also DC trying to play some chess too, of being like, hey man, uh, maybe you want to re-up with us here and you want to yeah, yeah. write Batman <laughs> and everything. It also helps too that he was brought into the company by Scott Snyder and is a student of yep. the last guy who did the last Batman run that everyone universally agreed they enjoyed. So yeah, it's a no-brainer of a get for them. Now I have heard some rather interesting scuttlebutt around what the what his time on the book will imply uh one thing we know for certain that is not a rumor is that they are going to be fixing as space lord brings up in the chat they will finally be fixing old rick grace and they're finally <laughs> gonna fucking do something about this and get nightwing back to being nightwing thank god <laughs> i heard that someone asked him because at the same time there was uh at some con there was some panel where dan didio was and someone actually asked him about um the night ring rick rick grayson thing and apparently he looked very uncomfortable and said that he'll be coming back soon <laughs> good this is so funny too because this also confirms basically a bunch of stuff that i was already tinfoil hat thinking and that is hey why didn't you turn dick back into himself sooner oh we had to wait till tom king was off the book though because that was his idea and we didn't want to rock the boat and offend him <laughs> because even though we had no plan for it it was his idea and we had to run with it someone else also asked tom king on twitter i don't know if you saw this but they said uh hey you know do, do, were you planning on fixing him were you ever going to do more with nightwing and he's like oh i love nightwing i really wish i could have worked with him more <laughs> it's like but you, you you could have if you didn't shoot him in the fucking head <laughs> you, you were planning for 100 issues then you made him not himself then you got the last 12 issues taken away from you <laughs> and they were only doing this to appease you what uh, again <laughs> furious but confirms what i already believed and that is a perfect snapshot of comics where it's like why do bad ideas keep going for as long as they do because they don't want to offend certain writers that's yeah. why high tier writers that like come up with the idea you, you can't tell them no basically but yes i'm very happy that nightwing will be coming back and that also i'm sure leads to the question well who's going to take over nightwing now it would be fucking hilarious if they're like hey tim seeley remember uh how you saved uh <laughs> nightwing when we made him a secret agent and that should have been terrible but you and admittedly tom king too did a good job uh and then you made him nightwing again and everybody really liked that and reestablished his city but then we fucked that up uh would you like to come back and write him again maybe and fix what we broke again <laughs> I, I would like, what I would like is I would like for the Nightwing book to actually come to an end, uh, mm. him move over back into the Batman book so it becomes like Batman and Nightwing teaming up mm. for like a couple of arcs and then he spins off into like a relaunch series. That would be fun, especially too because we don't really have a Batman and Robin book right now so that yeah. would actually make a lot of sense yeah. to do something. I'm fine with that, yes, because Tynan 
loves the sidekicks and mm-hmm. he especially loves dick grayson so yeah let him lead the charge in rehabbing the character he certainly needs it. in fact everything they kind of talked about tynan's time on the book reeked to me of like and here's james to fix everything tom broke yeah yeah it it, it screams that it it absolutely screams that it sounds like he's going to be fixing probably it'll probably pick up like where tom king's book uh leaves but like immediately just start fixing shit that he, yeah. he's done and everything and i'm I'm all for that i am all for that because everything tom king has done has just been terrible yeah i know it really and you need someone to rehab but it's also kind of weird too because some people have theorized uh this was the other bit of scuttlebutt that was uh coming uh when this new writer was announced so he comes in on issue 86 yes mm-hmm the rumor is is that he's actually only getting 12 issues because he's only a stopgap writer because once they hit issue number 100 that's going to be about uh you know december about heading into 2020 and that's when they're going to roll out their new black batman yeah i could see that i could see that to where i'm like man that's got to be so that's got to be like such a sour taste in your mouth as james hey you finally get to write batman fix everything this guy broke then get off in a year yeah yeah it like a band-aid fix sort of thing uh like what they're doing with like flash forward now at the moment uh exactly. although they're really not we'll get to that later we'll get to that don't oh, worry oh, oh i'm sure i'm sure we will but yeah couldn't be more happy for james tyne and he is a very nice dude i can say i've actually chatted with him at a couple conventions right now he was actually one of the first people i interviewed again back when we worked at name redacted <laughs> but yeah he's a he's a gent and also something two people aren't mentioning about this this is also kind of a pretty cool progressive move as well because james tynan is an out and out bisexual so a queer man is actually writing batman now and I don't think that's ever happened before, to my well, knowledge. See, now people know, so now people are going to get offended. <laughs> get mad about, of course. Yeah, I, I shouldn't have said anything. Somewhere James is like, God damn it. Why, why did you say that? People forgot about that. That like, when, like, again, he's not shy about mentioning If you've read his books, it's no. very much in there. This is the dude who invented Harper Rowe and cared about that. That's the question. Is Harper Rowe going to come back in his new Batman now? She's in Young Justice, so I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> I, I wonder, will we actually get to see him bring back Clayface too, or any of the unresolved storylines from Detective? Oh, I really want that Clayface story to come back. That was one of the best stories he wrote for the it Detective. Was. It was so damn good. And it was so good because it had an end, and they actually left it alone. Yep. yep. They left it alone like good stories should do to leave it in their place. But yeah, I would like that. Uh, he actually asked people on Twitter. I don't know if you saw there, Matt, but he said, you know, what would you all like out of a Batman book? And of course, everyone has, you know, the typical answers you hear all the time. Where it's like, I want to see, you know, them focus more on him as a detective. I want to see, you know, more focus on the dichotomy of Batman and Bruce Wayne. I want to see more of the Bat family where i'm like well he's certainly not going to be doing the bat family thing because he already <laughs> did that in detective comics yeah yeah and I, and i and again i don't know if you agree with me on this one matt this is maybe a more controversial opinion i have always held and that is that hey batman should be the superhero book and detective comics should be the mystery crime solving book but over the years we've seen that kind of get passed around yeah no i agree it's the same with like superman where superman should be the superhero superman mm. book whereas action comics should be about his secondary characters kind of like how it is at the moment with like the the daily planet and everything like that yeah 
yeah, again, it seems it seems weird in that regard. And it's, it does feel like it's been a while mm-hmm. since we've had like a really good Batman mystery. I think the last time where I was really like looking for clues and everything and involved in a Batman mystery was when Tomasi took over Detective. And of course, we found out it was all actually a simulation, but hey, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that story. That was pretty cool. It's also clear that uh, Tynan's favorite Robin is Tim Drake. Do you think he's going to get to steal him away from Brian Michael Bendis and write about him, or do you think Bendis has just, you know, got a death grip on him? Uh, I, I, th- I think maybe he, he'll be able to, uh, so, mm. or, as well as, like, like continuity is, like, out the fucking window at the moment at DC, so you can d- do whatever you want. It's like the Wild West over there. It is, and there does seem to be, because I read the solicitations too, and it sounds like in Detective Comics there's an art coming up where uh, Batman and Damien are going to be hanging out and mm-hmm. doing the Batman and Robin thing, and I'm like, oh good, a writer is finally dealing with the fact that, you know, Damien is being a little asshole and doing bad non-Batman things. Yeah, I think Tomasi's going to be writing about that that story where he, he's basically confronting him about the gulag he has. Yeah. And the wiping of people's minds. Apparently that's the new thing. Apparently, oh, no, no, Jewel. He's not just putting people in gulags anymore. He's also, you know, messing with people's minds. Oh, yeah, because the Justice League didn't learn that lesson the hard way. No, no. It, But, yeah, it, it's all going to be very interesting. As well as, like, as well as with this news, did you hear that, like, in, in Tom King's run, we're going to find out about, because apparently he's, he's starting to bring stuff with the button in as well. Oh, and, boy. Um, he's, he's we're going to find out about, thomas wayne's like how he's there in issue 84 (laughs) again not to spoil it not to bury the lead but i'm sure if any of tom king's other reveals are a good indication uh the button actually won't be about any of the things you think it about and it will all be about him because everything is ultimately about tom king in one way or another it will be about how he unified batman or some bullshit you know with his father or something like that because it was all about me. Yep. Oh, as KT reminds us in the chat, really, Imiko was the one who murdered Deathstroke. Again, I have not been keeping up, but I know they killed Deathstroke off recently. Really? She was the one? Fuck you, Adam Glass. Why? <laughs> I liked it. Imiko was a cool new character that you invented. This this, this is where DC's dropping the goddamn ball when it comes to their young people character. They're either getting abused or buried or doing character assassinating things like this. Meanwhile, you look over at Marvel and it's like, oh, we're the champions. We're so much fun. We're getting TV shows now and everybody loves us. Remember remember in that green, in the Rebirth Green Arrow run where they had Imiko come in and like she didn't like, she she the whole arc was her about not being like her mother or anything yes. and being different and being part of team era and then, and then they come mm. out, i'm just gonna kill deathstroke that that and damien shooting black mask in issue mm-hmm. one is why i quit that series at issue one i'm like okay so you're you're not gonna be doing anything i want now and i can tell <laughs> this is junior suicide squad god damn it <laughs> Tevye saying in Roundhouse is a trap. I don't even know who that is. Yeah, who the fuck is Roundhouse? Yeah, that's how little I have actually been reading. (laughs) Yep, they made Imiko just straight up a clone like her mother. That's Mm -hmm. a shame. That's a real. That's missing the point. And again, man, poor, poor Jeff Lemire and Benjamin Percy, who tried so hard to write that character (laughs) and to make them something different in the DC universe, only for them to try and screw them up. Meh. Yeah. That's a shame. But uh, yeah, B- Batman, we're very excited for what Tynan is going to do there. I'm sure he will surprise us with what he does. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No, it's going to be fun. It's going to be great to actually have 
two, probably three Batman books that are actually really damn good. That are worth reading. Yeah, because there's going to be that Ellis one soon as well. Mm -hmm. And there's Batman Universe going on at the moment, which is really damn good. I got to catch up on that. I got to do like a story so far on that is what I got to do. Yeah. Uh, all right. What else we got going on here? Uh, from the world of comic books to the world of television, Tom Welling has officially been announced that, yes, he will indeed be taking part in yes. the big DC uh, CW uh, crisis event. And I mean, really, why not? They've already done basically everything <laughs> they could possibly do. I'm so so glad they they got him as, and as well as as Tevia points out I was and I was going to say anyway uh the Lois Lane from Smallville is back as well. That's cool. That's also really cool. So again, this is the grand unifying theory when it comes to all of these uh what is it, all of these different superhero shows that have been on the CW. And that's that just feels good, doesn't it? it? Yeah, it's really great as well cuz as as Mark Guggenheim pointed out like this is this is the show that like made it possible for them to make arrow and flash and all of that. Bro. So it's only, only right that they, they bring them back and it's going to be even more interesting. Cause I worked it out. So like the, the finale of Smallville takes place, like the end part of, of that takes place seven years in the future from when that show ended. So it ended in 2011. Uh -huh. So that takes place in 2018, which means the crisis will be about a year after the show actually ended. Oh shit. So huh. it's an interesting time to be to be there because that's that's basically when when that Smallville season eleven comic took place. Nice, isn't it just really nice and refreshing though to see some people working in the arm of DC Universe creative where they're like, no, we love history and we love <laughs> what came before and we're gonna honor all of it because it's all DC TV. Whether you were Tom yeah. Welling or Burt Ward or the original Wonder Woman show or the original Flash show, it's all in here, man. And it's all going to be represented in a crisis. And I'm like, man, it's a shame that the movies <laughs> may never get to this point. Did you ever imagine that like the TV shows would be doing stuff like multiverses and going to different earths and all of that sort of stuff before the movies even like glimpsed that before the movies even got Superman, right? <laughs> Like, again, the movies are still doing origin stories. No, I never did. But honestly, looking at it here, TV as a sequential art form may actually be the future of these comic book mm -hmm. stories because you can do more in television. You can do more in arcs. Now, I'm not saying everything in the CW has been perfect. It really has not. But, man, when they get it right, they get it super right. And one of the things they get super right is the fan service. Oh, yeah, yeah. The the fan service, the, the like, actually having read what they're referencing and getting that all right and all that sort of stuff it it's so cool it's so cool can't can't come soon enough i guess this all starts in october right because like all the big shows start back up in yeah, october i actually yeah i think it begins like end of october start of november i think and goes through because it's, it's five nights right so of course and and, uh, and Arrow is going to be worth watching, too, you were saying, this season. <laughs> well, I think the Arrow one is going to be the finale because it's... Or, or the finale of Arrow. It'll right. be, like, the, the, the final episode of Arrow. So that, that's, that'll be interesting. And, yeah, I think it will be worth watching since Oliver ends up going off with the, the monitor to do shit. So mm. it'd be quite interesting. And the fact that we have a monitor that actually looks like yeah. a monitor is supposed to look, ain't that some shit? And the anti-monitor looks like how the anti-monitor should look like. Thanks, TV. <laughs> 
Oh, also, uh, Jersey Luck is sure to remind us it's December and January. Okay, thank you. So it's a little further off because we got the seasons of television, and that's like their second half of the season, big stuff. Mm-hmm. Also, to Jersey Luck, I really misread your name. I think my uh, selective dyslexia kicked in there for a second because I thought that L was an F. <laughs> Which, you know, that's fine, too. Again, you know, you're, you're really letting us know what you're all about. I'm from New Jersey, and I love to do that other thing. <laughs> uh, KT mentioned, yeah, of course Green Arrow's got to come to an end because uh, Stephen Amell's got to run off and join AEW. I mean, probably, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what's he got going after this? Maybe AEW. That's the thing we got to do for a commentary. I know you don't watch wrestling, but I really got to show you Stephen Amell's wrestling match against Christopher Daniels at the original All Out. Because the level of shit he does is shit that no self-respecting, high-paid, handsome guy actor should ever have to do. He goes through tables. He gets smacked in the face. He really hurts himself. Well, I think he does a lot of his own stunts on. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, on Arrow, I think. I think he does too, yeah. But yeah, the shit he does. Would people like that, everyone? That me showing Matt a wrestling match? <laughs> we could do that I mean, a live show as well. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing like special uh, like ones once a month over on uh, Patreon because I want to try and keep the Patreons nice and happy. I feel like that's something we need to do. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's one. <laughs> as Batman Z brings out, did you watch the WW or uh, WB Birds of Prey series? Is that going to be involved? No, I don't think so, and that's a good question. Yeah, gotta gotta bring that Birds of Prey show in it, that no one remembers. That, that that would actually be pretty cool. I know they um apparently Guggenheim tried to get the guys from Krypton on on board, I but heard. the the schedules couldn't like because they were off doing other things. The schedules didn't work. That's such a shame, man. That's so because we could we could have had a doomsday in that show, man. Or a Lobo. Yeah. <laughs> there are so many things we could have had. Now we will always wonder, what if? <laughs> uh, now what else do we have here? Oh, so in really weird out of left field news, uh, you know, Matt, how DC, uh, the last couple of years, they did their big crossovers with all like the uh, Looney Tunes characters and everything. So we had like Joker and Daffy Duck and Lex Luthor and Porky Pig. Mm-hmm. And you know how they also had their weird fast food crossovers like the Flash and Colonel Sanders? Mm-hmm. Yeah which is not the weirdest thing Colonel Sanders has been involved in. Have you seen that <laughs> Japanese KFC dating game? <laughs> yes, oh, yes, and yeah, those comics that where he's like the multiversal Colonel Sanders. And... What is wrong with the Japanese, I ask? But no, DC and Warner Brothers is planning to top that completely with their next crossover that makes you go, who, what, <laughs> who asked for this? Apparently, the DC Universe in October uh, for Halloween is going to have a series of short one-shots involving Svengooli. Yes, the, the master of horror. Svengooli, and I know all of our fans of a certain age are like, did Joel just have a stroke there? What's a Svengooli? <laughs> is, is that like grabbed by the ghoulies? Is that like the Babadook? Uh, so Svengooli was a TV host in the Chicago area who uh, managed to receive a big level of fame. He was basically like Elvira, Mistress of the mm-hmm. Dark, only he was a dude. Yep. And, you know, and, and you know, also didn't age nearly as well as Elvira did. Seriously, mm-hmm. if you see Elvira at a con, I, I want what that lady has because she does not look as old she as she is. She found the fountain of youth, man. <laughs> the blood of the innocent, dark yeah. <laughs> forces keep her young. That's what you get when you sell your soul. <laughs> but, yes, yeah, Spenguli is going to be crossing over with the dc universe which only lets me know that somebody 
in management is a big fucking fan of Sven Gulli. And for those who don't know here, look, I'm actually going to link this in the chat, how you actually spell his name. Because I get the feeling a lot of you, especially those of you watching live right now, are going to want to Google this guy and be like, what the what the hell is a Sven Gulli? That's a Sven Gulli. It's it's yes he he dresses up like like uh, how uh, Rob Zombie dresses every day yeah he's yeah. he's a human cartoon character yeah is what he is it, it's gonna be he's... interesting because I've really liked these like like horror like one shots they do around around mm-hmm. Halloween and like the Christmas one shots and stuff like that uh don't uh kelly has a good one there <laughs> batman should meet the adams family yes he should everyone should cross over with the adams family didn't didn't they do that in like the 60s batman cartoon or am i no i'm thinking scooby-doo mm-hmm. crossed over with the adams family and scooby-doo also crossed over with uh the 60s batman so yeah, there's yeah. a couple degrees of kevin bacon between <laughs> batman and the adams family yeah that'd, that'd be cool or like justice league dark meet them Oh yeah, that'd be great. They, they, they move into the house of mystery or something. Oh, and they instantly assume they must be villains because they're mysterious and spooky and altogether yeah. ooky. Yeah. They're the Adams family. And one is just a hand, and the other one is just one basically is... Frankenstein. Yep, and then you find out, no, we're not evil. We're just really fucking eccentric. Ah <laughs> oh, man, I, I, the thing that bothered me—I'm sure you saw this—the trailer for that new CG uh, Adams family movie. Mm-hmm. I was really excited about that because it had an amazing cast like Oscar Isaac is in it mm-hmm. and friggin' uh, Haley Steinfeld. What hurt me when I watched the trailer is they totally don't get the joke of the Adams Family and that is the Adams Family in this movie know they're weird. I'm like, no, that's not the joke. The Adams Family think they're normal. Yeah, and everyone and else everyone... is weird. <laughs> and that's why it's funny. You've already ruined the joke. You proved you didn't get it because you're reworking it into a, oh, just be yourself type of story. No. What what got me was they decided to go with Snoop Dogg for the theme. <laughs> sure, why not? Because <laughs> cause when I think Adam's Family, I immediately think Snoop Dogg, you know, the rapper. <laughs> Snibbity-diggity, everybody. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a shame, everyone, because I really wanted to like that Adam's Family movie when I heard they were making a new one, but eh. It is what it is. Oh, the chat actually reminds me of another crossover that I actually didn't put on the list. Thank you, chat. I knew I was forgetting something. But uh, the Power Rangers are going to be crossing over with the Ninja Turtles again in the world of comics. Cool. That's genius because they already crossed over on TV once before. The real mm-hmm. joke is, is do they remember that or not? Because Oh, I'm sure original. they'll reference that. I am sure. Because this is the OG Turtles crossing over with the OG Rangers, where before it was the next mutation turtles crossing over with the in space power rangers i'm sure they'll reference it somewhere i'm sure they'll have to because that's pretty funny yeah can we get a second like volume for the justice league power rangers book that was fucking awesome book it was apparently it sold poorly for some reason really (laughs) yeah apparently it was like yeah because they almost didn't come out with that last issue oh yeah that's right yeah, apparently some wires really got crossed there for whatever reason. <laughs> That's weird. You'd think that would be a license to print money. Yeah, apparently exactly. not. Weird. Very, very weird. Uh, what else we got going on here in the world of news? Uh, oh, more comic news for you. DC's Birds of Prey book, the new one, which I honestly forgot was coming out, written by Brian Azzarello, is going to be postponed to 2020 now, probably to get it closer to the release of the Birds of Prey movie. And it's going to be an adults-only black label book. I saw, I saw the um, 
the covers for that and uh guess who's guess guess who's on on the cover is it is it a certain clown woman we all know and love yeah yeah it is shocker uh, yeah it, I, I i got i apparently like pissed off a lot of people because i that we had that birds of prey poster come out and of mm-hmm. course like 80 percent or 90 percent of the poster is harley quinn and i'm oh, like oh harley. guess who this movie's about guys and it was oh it's about yeah. the birds of prey. And it's like it really isn't though because they're like five percent of the poster whereas harley's on there twice when you take a character who wasn't part of the team, make them the focal point of the marketing, but then mm-hmm. still try and say it's a team movie, which in fairness, so was Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad was also the Harley Quinn show as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, and pe- pe- people were saying to me that th- this movie wouldn't have happened because of Margot Robbie and everything. I'm like, it probably would have. You know, it, it's got that yeah. Batman to end. That's the thing. They, they don't even have Batgirl in this film. I didn't actually realize that. No, yeah, it's like, well, why do we need her? We have Harley Quinn now. Yeah. Also, on that poster, Victor Zaz is on that poster. You wouldn't recognize him because he doesn't have no, any I'm... scars at all or look like an actual fucking serial killer. Well, Black Mask also doesn't have a black mask in this universe, so, you know. Yeah, apparently he doesn't even wear a mask. Or, or look, you know, like disfigured or anything like he should. You had, he just looks you like Ewan McGregor in a, in a flamboyant suit. You had you had one you had one job you had one job. <laughs> Look, I'll even settle for like like a black gimp hood that he wears at one point, or like a black domino mask or something. But nope, nothing. Nah, nah. Very, very, very weird. I mean, the movie could still be good, but it's not Birds of Prey. It's Harley Quinn and the Harleyettes, is what it is. Yeah, yeah. She's ne- never been part of that team, and is only now retroactively being put in that team because of the film. Much as she was never part of the Suicide yeah. Squad for decades, but is now retroactively the focal point of that book, and in fact is kind of the focal point of DC Black Label Phase Two in general. Because there's how yeah. many new Harley-related oh, books that are coming out in Black Label? There's that one that comes out this week, which I'm probably not going to review because I just have no interest in it because it's not going to do anything new. Right. There's the uh, there's the Criminal Sanity thing. Uh, yeah. There's the Breaking Glass one. And yep. then, uh, yeah, and then I guess Birds of Prey too. Plus, I mean, technically, she's a focal point in White Knight as well. But I like White Knight. Yeah, and and it was kind of a focal point there for a minute in Batman Damned. Also, that too, I forgot about that. So yeah, maybe we've been wrong this whole time calling it Bat Label. Maybe it should be Har Label because it really is all about her right now. It is. Harley is a busy woman this these days. Chat, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Secret boss sauce overexposure? Nah. I mean, DC are kings of that right now. I mean, there's how many Batman books and Batman family books? Hey, if you love it, you're going to see it. Yeah, oh yeah. And if you don't love it, you're going to see it. You're going to see it. Jersey Luck has a point too, but Steven Sajak's art, it looks very nice. There's no denying that. I'll probably look at it. Again, my hopes, because again, I feel like I've been burnt on pretty much all the black label books, but I Mm -hmm. will look in its general direction. Man, there's just oh, oh, Harley's little black label, Amazing Spider. Buy that man a coke. He got it. Harley's little <laughs> black label. That's what they're gonna name it, guys. Now you, you trademark that. Trademark that. So they have to buy that from you for billions. And as Dante is also quick to remind us, fourth pillar of DC, son. Yes, she is the fourth pillar. Wonder yes. Woman, who? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she's taking Wonder Woman's place in the Trinity. 
Yeah, what's what? What's she the spirit of? You see, you got you got justice, you got money, hope, money. Yeah, money. And I'm Harley, and I represent cold hard cash, baby. Uh, that's fun. And again, I don't hate Harley Quinn, but again, it's gotten to the point now where it's like I don't feel I need to read about her either. Yeah, it's like what more can be said about her? Like they seem to be retreading the same stories over and over again, and then when they do do something new, it just kind of like runs in place for a long time and then they revert back to those old stories like when like i read all of the jimmy palmiotti amanda connor stuff when it was coming out when she was becoming that fourth pillar Mm -hmm. i'm like man this is really good and really funny and really unique oh but it's also not it's canon but it's not canon oh that's rough so all this development she has here also doesn't really matter that's a shame apparently it's still very funny though like uh someone shared with me a couple panels there apparently they're doing like a city of bane story right now but the joke is is that it's all like the super villains in their old batman the animated series costumes and like <laughs> harley's just making fun of how stupid it is <laughs> that's good <laughs> and i'm like that's all right i'm cool that yeah she should be she should just be trying for the insult comic dog she should just be like uh what is it mystery science theater for what's going on in the rest of the yeah. universe <laughs> Yeah, well, she she like what is it she, for a moment there, and she kind of still is. She's basically become what Deadpool was like three mm. years ago. Whereas Deadpool's had like some really great comic runs since then, but like there was a moment there where he was just like all memes and just all catchphrases. People forget that Jerry Duggan run that ended. Oh yeah, treated him like an actual character with pathos yeah. and shit. They, they were calling that Harley book a Deadpool ripoff for so long. Paul Miotti and his wife literally created a character called Red Tool, <laughs> who was literally just re- Deadpool in this universe, so they could uh, clown on him there. <laughs> which is hilarious. I am looking forward to that Year of the Villain Mark Russell book from a uh, Harley-centric one, because, man, if anyone can actually try and figure out something with this character. Oh, it's Mark Russell. <laughs> His book, that that has me excited, and it's probably one of the only Harley books I'll actually really enjoy because of him. Yeah, for real. Because, again, I think you could give her the Deadpool treatment of being like, I am Harley, the sad clown now. No one sees my pain. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're not going to do that now because it's hard to sell that character. <laughs> yeah, she's now just going to be, like, a, a strung-out meth user on the way back from Coachella. Oh, no. All right. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> uh, what else do we got going on here? Oh, one last piece of news here, and this is Marvel-centric. Uh, the solicitations came out, and we now know a little bit more about Annihilation. It's not going to be a whole event. It's just going to be a five-part cosmic series that's going to cross over Silver Surfer, Beta Ray Bill, the Fantastic Four, uh, et cetera, et cetera. It looks cool. It does. It looks really cool. And uh, I'm in- intrigued to see because uh, the writers said that they're going to honor the stuff that happened in, in the original Annihilation. Uh, so I'm nice. intrigued to see what that that, that stuff is because lots of stuff Same. happened in that fucking series. It really did. We brought back a bunch of heralds and we killed a bunch of heralds. Yeah, yeah. There was a big wave. Also, too, uh, it's called Annihilation, but apparently they're going to be working with Annihilus now. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, Annihilus isn't going to be a bad guy in this one. I'm like, all right, so what? Is, what is this other Annihilation wave? Because it doesn't always have to refer to Annihilus. What's this other thing? Is it going to be like a rogue, like Annihilus child or something? One of his spawn mm. has gone rogue or something? It's going to be Null. Oh, yeah, it's always Null. It always comes always. back to Null. 
Which I don't hate that idea because no. again they have they have set up the fact in a uh, Silver Surfer Black that like uh, Norrinrad went back in time and met Null, so he yeah. knows he's a big deal. Yeah, I'm gonna cover the Earth in symbiotes. You'll see, <laughs> all symbiotes all the time. <laughs> but yeah, that uh, that was the news uh, for this week, everybody. That was the news. Uh, before we hop on into what we read this week, uh, let us take this opportunity to maybe take some questions uh, from the chat. Let's do that. Yeah, I, I, I try and get them involved as much as possible without breaking the immersion of the show, but I figured this is a good time to do this. Mm -hmm. So how's everybody doing? What's everybody got to say? How do, mm -hmm. how do I feel about Wally West Flash? Wait until I talk about Flash, uh, Flash Forward. <laughs> uh I bid Vita saying I've been meaning to get into Kate's Gardens of the Galaxy because it's Case and the lineup looked really fucking cool, though I've heard mixed things on it now. Anyone recommend it? Yeah, I've been enjoying yeah, it. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's cool. It's it's definitely much better than what Bendis and who everyone else was doing when it came to Guardians of the Galaxy. It feels important. Like yeah. it feels like if you want to know what is going on in the Marvel cosmic set, this is this is what you need to read. Yeah, I would suggest also just like brushing up on what happening in infinity war wars don't yeah. actually read infinity wars because it kind of turned out to be nothing but like brush up yeah, on like what happened on the broad on the broad strokes of it mm -hmm. amazing spider-man said he finally pre-ordered disney plus i have not done that yet because canada but i we'll think see. i think uh subscriptions just opened like as we're doing this podcast so oh. i'll have to give a look at that i don't know whether i'll pre-order i'll probably just wait until a couple of days before it actually comes out yeah it's it's like you know i always hate being an early adopter it's like let, let let's give it some time on my end and see how people work it out yeah <laughs> uh crusader con asking get any switch games yet yes i got marvel i'm proudly a switch owner now <laughs> finally i've been playing the shit out of marvel and my review so far i just uh, i just got to the x mansion and i'm doing that stuff oh yeah you got some really cool su stuff in front of you Indeed. Uh, I, again, you know, I think my review is in line with a lot of other people's reviews, and that is, you know, yeah, it can be a little repetitive at times, but fuck it, I can make a team of whoever I want, and yeah. they can fight hand ninjas and get pieces of the Cosmic Cube to power them up. That, that's cool. I just, I wish that, like, to begin with, they, they put in alternate costumes and that weren't just recolored. They did that kind of after the fact, after everyone kind of complained. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that was like really my only complaint, but I really like that game. But are, are you have you got any other games? No, that's all I got all so right. far. You got to get Astral Chain. I got to get Astral Chain. I'm going away to Con, so I got to watch my money. So probably when I come mm -hmm. back, I will try and shop for some some ones there. Yeah, I want to play Astral Chain. I want to play uh, the new Pokemon. I want to play mm -hmm. the Hyrule Warriors because that looks like a really great version of <laughs> Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, you gotta you gotta get the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild as well because that mm. that that's a that's a, like an amazing open world game. So I've heard uh, that Damon X Machina looked fun. There's a <laughs> lot of really cool actually indie games on there that are only on there. I've never played Undertale and they have Undertale that I'm like, cool. So I can play like Undertale on the bus and on the toilet and everything but that works for me. I saw a game uh, that got released this week where you, you basically just play as a goose and yeah. you, you just be a jerk to people. And I'm like, that. I want to play that game. Yeah, that game has blown up and gone all over the place, and I can't believe that it became such a huge meme that I saw everyone playing it. But yeah, I, I've watched some gameplay, and I'm like, what a what a great concept! Be a shithead goose and fuck shit up for people. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope I hope they get DLC so I can ruin some parties that I don't like, that I can just go there and fuck them up as well. <laughs> 
Like, here's a bunch of people who talk in the movie theater. Go, go and fuck them up <laughs> and annoy the shit out of them with your goose powers. <laughs> uh, Wolfenstein, yes, but only the latter Wolfensteins. I actually still haven't played the newer Wolfensteins, even though I want to. Play up to the most recent one, but don't play the recent one because the recent one is really crap. So I heard they destinied it up, which is yep. a shame. Yeah. That. I hate it. Yeah, Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah, I guess legally now that I'm a Switch owner, I need to officially start playing some Mario games. <laughs> it's 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 the law. I've It'll been take playing. Away from me. I've been playing Mario Odyssey, and it's it's quite fun. It is very. It fun. does. It's like, man, remember remember when like colorful mascot based platformers were gaming's bread and butter? Yeah, that's exactly that what it is. <laughs> And it's like, man, thank you, Nintendo, for keeping this shit alive and making me feel like six years old again. It's funny, too. <laughs> ever since I put the Switch together, it's like, okay, now hook this part into your TV if you want to play on a big screen. I'm like, why would I ever want to play on a big screen? I have it here in my hand. <laughs> I can take it ever. This is the thing you have over the PlayStation. I'm not unhooking the PlayStation I, to hook this in. I have found that certain games play better on the on the TV. Like, they, like it's really? better to sit back with a controller and just play it like whereas like games like um what was i playing i was playing xenoblade chronicles the other mm. day that i feel that that feels better on like the handheld whereas right. like linked link breath of the wild um plays better on the tv right yeah I, like i'm still playing it with the little uh side dealies i mm -hmm. have this and i'm debating where it's like do i need to upgrade to a pro controller because it's funny when it comes to the pro controllers for Nintendo, they're actually like maybe one of the last companies that will still let you buy like uh, second party stuff. You don't have to just buy from them. Yeah, yeah. I've got the pro controller and it's quite good. It's quite nice. And the battery lasts for fucking years. Now, do they, do they have a fix for the headphone issue? Because I've noticed like it actually has a jack and I can't use my Bluetooth headphones yeah. on it. Well, we'll see. I The headphones I'm wearing at the moment are wireless and they come with a little USB dongle and I've just plugged that into the oh. thing and it worked perfectly. But yeah, that's the one thing I don't like. Whereas like some controllers or I think only the more recent ones are starting to come with a headphone jack. Whereas the pro controller I got doesn't have a headphone jack. So if you want to use right. headphones, they've got to be like wireless USB ones. That's that's so Nintendo here. Yeah. We have this great console that you can bring around wherever you want. Oh, can I have Bluetooth sound for it? No. <laughs> no. We didn't think about that. Also, too, going, you know, from a Sony console, which, you know, very even though it's made by a Japanese company, still very much Americanizes the control scheme. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To go and play this Nintendo thing, I'm like, holy shit, this shit is Japanese. Press this button and do this. For that, I'm like, oh, this is this is new and different and daunting. What gets me is the the B and A, B and A, uh, yes. buttons. <laughs> How they're they're in my mind, they should be reversed. Uh, yes, I keep doing that. I feel dyslexic when I'm playing <laughs> this one because I'm like, my mind is do, but my body isn't in <laughs> new control scheme. <laughs> it gets so bad when I play that, and then I go and play like PlayStation Four. I end up pressing like like circle or X. Like, and I'm like, yeah. no, I need to be pressing this button. Because, <laughs> like, even when I, like, try and uh, pull out, what is it? Uh, when I, like, pull out an Xbox controller, like, it used to be if you wanted to use it for Steam, that's all you could do. Mm -hmm. At least when I did that, the buttons were always roughly in the same place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tevya asks uh, both of us there, have you seen uh, Rambo Last Blood yet? No, and I don't think I will. It's getting very I... <laughs> lackluster reviews, and the fucking Downton Abbey movie beat it at the box I, office. I, I've seen it, and it, it, yeah, it's pretty crap. Which it's, is such a what, shame. What could have been, like, his, his like, last hurrah, like, his, like, Unforgiven is turned into, like, a, like, a vaguely racist, just, like, 
action film. It's like, dude, you had your goodbye movie in John Rambo, and it was great. You should have left it at that. Yeah, but yeah, but I did so many good send-offs for Rocky. I want to do this now. <laughs> it completely misses the point. Yeah, it's like, dude, you got to say goodbye to Rambo, and people genuinely liked it. Like, what is it? That John Rambo is probably the second best Rambo movie after First Blood, which is still the best one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's a real shit. Also, too, come on, really? He's fighting the cartel in 20... That's a lazy villain for a Rambo movie. This is the dude who decimated the Vietnamese, Russian, and Burmese armies all by himself. <laughs> Ooh, the cartel. Scary. Yeah. You know it, what it it's, it's so crap. <laughs> you know what it should have been? This is my pitch for what Last Blood should have been. It should have been John Rambo needing to go back to Afghanistan and deal with the fact that in Rambo 3, he actually helped the Mujahideen yeah. chase out the Russians and the Mujahideen ended up becoming the Taliban. <laughs> that, that that would have been interesting and, and like kind of politically relevant and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I got the big knife and I shove it into the Mexican and again too it's like you have to remember it's like but who is this rambo movie really for at the end of the day is yeah. it for the people who want to see you know hey let us let us actually talk about american foreign policy for a minute or is it for people who again like you said i feel like this movie was probably a lot more racist before they cut it down now it's not really <laughs> about anything yeah yeah oh yeah it does feel like it's cut down quite a fair bit I also heard people say, like, it feels like a Taken sequel that Neeson said it, no to. It literally is a take, like, it, it, like, beat for beat, a Taken sequel. His niece goes missing, he needs to come out of retirement, and apparently remember that he's Rambo again, even though, again, only, like, a few years ago, he was destroying the entire Burmese army. Yeah, that's what I don't understand. Yeah, he be, like, builds, like, under his house, he builds, like, a series of, like, like Vietnamese spider tunnels, and it gives him like nom flashbacks and like exactly. why uh, why as amazing spider-man says if they wanted it to be super relevant it should have been isis yes it should have been isis and it should he should have had a moment where he like talks to the isis commander and the isis commander's like dude i've been fighting war since i was 13 if it wasn't you it was someone else man i, I am you rambo we are a whole an <laughs> army of you people who are only at war who only know how to be at war and you know you your whole choices have made us what we are like again that's such a fucking easy layoff <laughs> yeah but then because it's size loaded, he like mumbles and cuts him in half with his knife or something yeah stop trying to teach me things <laughs> colonel trapman do, do we get to win this time <laughs> not this time sly make a make another creed sequel <laughs> You can win in that one. But uh, yes, thank you for that, everyone. Thank you for that little, uh, what is it, diversion. I guess from there we can talk about what we read this week. And again, I feel like this is becoming a trend because there's so many freaking books. I read a lot of what came out this week, but didn't read everything I wanted. Yeah, same. I've still got a couple books to do. All right. Uh, where would we like to start, Matt? Uh, well, let's start with Batman. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. The Beach Episode Part 2. Boy, we only got so many issues to end this. Let's really drag it out. Yeah, let's really, like, you know, yeah, we, we're going to got six issues left, and we're going to spend two of them, maybe three, if maybe next next issue is the same, uh, maybe two or three issues on a beach while everyone, like, dies around them and stuff like Just that. Just literally, literally uh figurative figuratively and literally jerking off the whole time yeah. oh yeah, yeah yeah you know all this stuff's happening and there, there's a great part there where like they're they're at the bar and like the you can see the panels that say like the radio is like oh gotham is in shambles mm. and bruce is just sitting there having a drink like 
doesn't even give a fuck. It does not even register with him on an emotional no. level. Oh, oh, the president has made it illegal. Oh, Captain Adam's been beaten up. Oh, he might be dead. And then, like, Catwoman punches a guy for shit-talking Gotham, and Batman's mm -hmm. like, that makes me so fucking horny how you punch that guy. Let's go bang. <laughs> yes, I said I was going to try and be a better person now, but I'm still not going to deal with any of my other issues. <laughs> Boo, boo. Also, too, they really start messing with the timeline to say that these two issues actually take place before the events of Batman 77. So before Damien goes in and before Alfred gets killed, Batman says, oh, I talked to Alfred. He's fine. I gave the go ahead to let uh, Damien go in. And I'm like, uh, so that <laughs> means it's all your fault. Yeah, you've been like commanding all this. Like, like the whole deal is that like you can't be Batman yet. You're doing like Batman things. I, yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> also, if you gave Damien the go-ahead, then why did he lie to Tim? Yeah, yeah. why was he getting angry? What was the point of that? That whole scene with them together where he wanted to be brash and headstrong and head in because he could deal with them and then get Clarion's wand and no. possibly sell his soul. Way, way to deflate the shit out of that. Furthermore, the president said entering Gotham as a superhero was illegal, so literally Batman told his son to break a presidential order. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Also, how can, the, how can this issue be set before the, the last issue? Because this issue ends with them, like, basically coming to terms with everything, whereas the, ne which, the last issue, which would take place after that, says they didn't. <laughs> Again, to actually, Tevia brings up a good point. How could he have given Damien the go-ahead? Yeah, exactly. He has none of yeah. his Batman gear, or at least he didn't. He magically gets it back when they start training. Yeah, yeah, and then that that means that they know he's alive. So, like, why aren't they like pulling back and regrouping and like sort and like, okay, Batman's alive. It's all good. We'll we'll sort this all out. We'll just regroup. <laughs> I feel like some of this dialogue had to have been put in later after people got all pissed mm -hmm. off about Alfred's death. So it's like, no, 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 no. He, he told him it was fine. Alfred told him he was safe, but he's clearly not though, no. unless you lied about that, in which case, oh, you had that big moment for nothing. Alfred's fine. Although I don't think he's fine because the solicitation seek to imply that he did indeed die, which again means that this was all Batman's fault. Yeah. And, and again, like, if Batman has the, the, the resources and reach to, like, get get a hold of, like, Damien and sort that out, so he would know what's been going on in Gotham. Uh, so he Good would know so. that, like, Alfred is dead and everything. So going to see any of that? Probably not. You know, you can see this issue where he finds out Alfred is dead and it, like, breaks him because it was his fault and everything. It's, it's so it's like either Batman is really bad at his job and caused all this bad shit to happen, the death of Alfred, the capture of Damien, or none of that actually happened, in which case way to undercut all of the drama that you tried to yeah. build. None of it actually mattered because no one was actually in danger. Mm -hmm. Oh boy, I love these two options. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's six issues. You decide to spend a bunch of shit on the boat. And there, there, was, a, there was a line where I'm like, fuck off this that this is where Catwoman goes like because they the, the whole thing is built around them they they're at the island because magpie is making a deal there with some venom 
uh, which, which is something they never explain. never mentioned at all or anything. Well, why is she moving Venom if Bane is in control of the city and he's not taking the Venom anymore? Is she selling it for Bane or because she's a thief? Did she steal the Venom? And why is it here on this very specific island? Are they do? Oh, that's right. None of it matters because the, we just need them to the, have a fight with Magpie. The one line that, that really got me was, I think it was from Catwoman, where she says, like, if we take the Venom, we can stop Bane for good. I'm like, how? What a how? Absolute, what a vague thing to say. Uh, are you cutting him off from his supply? He already took over the city, so he doesn't need it to hulk up or anything. Are you going to take it yourself to get really strong and fight? <laughs> That's a terrible idea. I, are you going to try and get Bane back on the smack? Yeah, are, are you going to poison it what and heroes? taint it or something? Like, what are you going to, like, why? What, what, why? Why are you doing this? <laughs> All of these sound like terrible ideas, and I'm sure to, uh, they're just thinking, they're like, you're, you're overthinking it. Don't think about it. I'm not thinking about it. Oh, that I got that comment. I got like a four paragraph comment from that, like saying, it's like, this all makes sense. You'll, you'll see you King haters will see. I'm like, no, we won't. No, we won't. And the perfect, and the perfect example of how we won't see, we finally get the answer to the burning question that was on King's mind and no one else. Oh, did they meet on me. a boat or did they meet on a street? The answer is it doesn't matter. Cause I really only met you now. Cause I love you this oh, much. Why, why, why was King so obsessed with, with such a little thing that was in the, like, like, yeah, it was fun at the start. That was like a flirty thing they were doing. It was like, did we meet on the street? Did we meet in the boat? It's like, ah, it's funny. Cause I, you reference these I, two things. I can answer this, Matt. He answered this on Twitter. Oh, fuck. Are you ready for this, oh, Matt? God. I'm glad you're sitting down because you might not be ready for this. <laughs> I might have to like just fall out of my chair or something. You make sure there's nothing around you that you can break because reasonably you might want to break something when you hear this. So the reason they keep talking about, oh, when did we first meet? When was our first date? Was it was it on a boat or was it on the street? The reason this keeps coming back, Matt is because apparently Tom King, in his real life with his wife of 19 years, they cannot agree where they first met, oh, actually. Again with the fucking... What? God damn it. <laughs> because everything is actually about Tom King. He yeah. can only write from his own very limited perspective. So for everyone who is ever wondering, oh, what does this mean about continuity? What does this mean? You know, uh, is this related to Doomsday Clock? Oh, you know, is he commenting on how canon is always in flux in the comic book universe? How can two people fall in love when they don't know what their lives will be tomorrow? The answer is none of it mattered. None of it was ever <laughs> about Batman. It was always about Tom King, and that's this entire series in a nutshell. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Just, just, just and also, too, when I read that, I'm like, would someone please take Tom King's Twitter away? Because the more he talks about this, the more I hate it. That's like last week when, when when he said we'd get a definitive answer. He said, yes, it was the boat, and then followed up by saying, actually, it wasn't. <laughs> and this this also, too, as uh, Green Ninja reminds me, remember when Tom King also said on Twitter that his book doesn't need explaining and he's not going to spend time That's explaining right. it for people? The dick. <laughs> Well, well, my man, you've been spending a lot of time explaining it, so you know. It's always good when, when, when an issue does come out of his book because you know, like that morning, like he's out on Twitter explaining shit, and I'm like, ah, well, you wouldn't need to explain shit if you just explained it in the comic. <laughs> Look, I just write vague things, and then the artist draws the pretty pictures on it. So that's <laughs> what, what. What do you want from me? <laughs> the the art tells the story, right? I'm just I'm just here. <laughs> yeah yeah this, uh, the artist does everything that's why i'm working with the best artists right they're doing everything yeah. i just like give them random one letter words or something 
and that man that man gets to go on to hollywood <laughs> oh god also not, not to labor the point further but seriously i had to ask myself when i finished this one i'm like man how did Tom King ever get the reputation of being like this really deep, really insightful yeah. adult writer when everything in his Batman run and uh, Heroes in Crisis as well has been just this like after school playground moralizing where it's just like a child it, says these things. I, I think it stems, it, it really started with like the Mr. Miracle thing. And I think it stems from that, 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 that those two words that dark side is because you see mm. that fucking thing everywhere and like people don't seem to understand what it actually means and are just saying like it gets referenced in comics all the time it's like oh is 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 this what dark side's going to become now is is he just going to be these two words and is that all he's going to be yeah and people because people think it's deep and meaningful yeah so insane there are you going to read the adam strange series from him honestly at this point i don't know at this point his batman has burnt me out so thoroughly that even something that's probably going to be good because it plays to his strengths i probably just i I, yeah soured me too much like give it a year and i might come to it like i like adam strange but yeah i'm not like rushing out to like get this book from him yeah exactly and i'm sure it'll be good because again I never want people to think I don't think he's a talented writer or he's a hack. He's proven that he can actually write quite mm-hmm. well when all the elements are in order for him. Well, yeah, and certain characters like his Superman book. Yeah. Like, he's really, yeah, we like, it, like he writes it competently with, like, full sentences and, like, structure. Where is all of that in his Batman book? It really doesn't feel like it's the same person, does it? No, it's not. See, it's actually a special CIA a program because he was in the cia mad uh there's actually two tom kings they cloned each other and that's how he's able to keep up with all these books it's just one of the clones came out kind of poorly formed <laughs> could only make one 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 word sentences like bat and cat yeah bat cat did you keep ring no pond at all me sad now <laughs> me suicide that's that's the me all suicide all the time that's the twist we find out this entire story arc actually took place in bizarro world (laughs) that's why everything was wrong and messed up it was actually just bizarro world (laughs) god i cannot wait for tynan to take over this book and how he will address this even if he addresses it at all because i think a lot of people are already prepared to be like and we're just sweeping that under the rug yeah oh i imagine a lot of it's going to be swept under the rug like pretty quickly never happened green ninja saying i never understood that in his mr miracle run it's funny too you know i actually think the art was a little bit better in his mr miracle run because it was actually like yeah art told the story there mm-hmm. especially oh, in yeah. that first issue well oh, when yeah. the colors kept changing yeah from page and the glitches and stuff like that told the story and actually really informed it really damn well to which, again, it's like, you know, am I liking the writing here or am I liking the art on this one for telling this story? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, all right, what else do we have after Batman this week? Uh, Ooh, I read uh, Black Panther and the Agents of Wakanda. Ooh, tell us about that. I got to read this one early, actually. Jim Zub was nice enough to send me an early copy, oh, which nice. is rare because they never send early copies of Marvel books ever. yeah. yeah. 
But uh, yeah, this this one really wastes no time getting started. It's the agents of Wakanda. The Avengers set them up to be a replacement for the agents mm -hmm. of Shield to do like the back uh, end of their operation, so yep. they could do the more bigger superhero stuff. Uh, we see Janet and uh, her new partner, the Man Wolf, John Jameson Jr. Nice. And uh, they don't like each other. They've got like a buddy cop thing going on where Janet's like, "Ah, oh, you're a loose cannon, Man Wolf. What with your being a werewolf." <laughs> And he's like, ah, I can't help it, Janet. <laughs> I can't <laughs> help being a werewolf. <laughs> it's funny, too, that, like, she's a founding Avenger and she's here on this team lending them, you know, like, more credence and street cred. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we get to meet a bunch of different members of the team. Man, Fat Cobra is my new favorite. Like, this is the new breakout character of the year, Fat Cobra. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of the living weapons, so he can do everything Iron Fist can do. Ooh. Only he's got sick-ass kanji tattoos, is big and fat and super horny. Oh, <laughs> perfect. Finally, a character I can relate to. <laughs> <laughs> I see so much of myself in this fat Cobra. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it's just like a total team of misfits and outsiders and underdogs. And Black Panther comes to them. It's like, look, so I got this really important new mission for you. And I'm actually going to come along with you. And they all get freaked out by Mm -hmm. but he's our boss he's coming on the mission is this is this gonna be dangerous is this over our head if black panther is coming <laughs> yeah oh shit and the I boss is coming that, yeah i love that that freaks them out he's like yeah so you know i've been tracking this weird energy signature in this small uh, american town we got to go check it out when they get there the whole town is overrun by monsters so they got to fight off the monsters but they're very special monsters because they're monsters that know your deepest darkest fear and inadequacy Ooh cool and they'll just shout it at you like a youtube comment section like uh, <laughs> janet janet you're old you're over the hill uh you're a failure you can't do it anymore oh okoya you were put in charge of this new team and everything oh but you're no phil colson though oh, you suck you're bad bat cobra <laughs> your name is bat cobra <laughs> <laughs> you suck you're blowing it and we eventually find out that these monsters are seemingly in some way related to the returned century Oh, okay. Yes, but the new Sentry, who we saw at the end of that Jeff Lemire book, who's yeah, both yeah. the good and bad sides fused together. Yeah, the Void Sentry. Ooh, I hope he comes back. Yeah. He Can he come back and just, like, rip Carnage in half? They, they might imply that he might be a member of this team moving forward, which Ooh, would be hilarious. That'd be cool. I love it, and I love that Fat Cobra is the one who finds him. And he's like, oh, fuck me, the sensor. This is our first mission, man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on that, that, that's unfair. We're already playing on easy. Come on. <laughs> yeah, this is above our pay grade. Come on, man. Really, you're throwing the sentry at us? I do love that that's just like Jim Zub in a nutshell where it's like, no, they might be the auxiliary team, but they will not be fighting auxiliary threats. <laughs> <laughs> also, the chat's saying I might be glitching a little myself. Oh, you don't sound like you're glitching to me. No, you sound fine to me, too. This is the chat. Marvel Knight said it, and I believe what Marvel Knight says because he's our official, unofficial audio <laughs> What guy. he says is true. Again, I, I trust him. He hasn't stirred me wrong yet. No, oh, Tevia. We got green connections. So. That's good. Uh, no, Tevia, the Sentry isn't insane anymore. He fused his good and bad halves, and now he's mm -hmm. sane. Yeah, yeah, he's sane and, and very, very fucking dangerous. <laughs> Yes, exactly. And we don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy because the heroes treated him really bad at the end of that yeah. Lemire run, and he basically pulled a Dr. Manhattan and said, fuck you all, I'm leaving Earth. Yeah, so we don't know where he's gone. 
No, or what if he back. came back and like, like the null symbiote is on him? Oh shit, that'd be fucked up, but cool. There's a lot of places they could go, but yeah, that book is a really good team book if you love underdogs, if you love your astonishing X Men's and your secret sixes and your superior foes. You'll like this because it is kind of uh, what is it? Uh, filling that same role. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, I, I like this one. And I know it's going to be a hard sell to get people to pick up this book because it's like mm, a spinoff of a bigger team starring <laughs> Black Panther. Mm, I don't know. But no, seriously, you'll like this one. I think I think it's sadly destined to be a cult favorite, but I'm definitely wanting to take this ride. And apparently the arcs are all going to be short, too. Oh, that's cool. They're going to be like two issue arcs. So there you go. Nice. All right. Uh, what else did you have going on, Matt? Uh, I had Flash Forward issue one. Oh, tell me all about it, because as I've mentioned before, I refuse to read anything Scott Lobdell related. <laughs> so thank you for taking this bullet for me. So this is the, the this is a band aid fix. This is this oh, is ba the band aid fix for Heroes in Crisis. Uh, a ham fisted band aid fix uh, that. Uh, oh, so. We learn from Tempest, who is a character created in the New Age of Heroes. He's basically a celestial. Um, even looks kind of like one. Uh, he, Boy, does he. he we, find, we find out that, that um, the some anomaly has happened where the dark universes aren't dying. And mm -hmm. because of that, they're overflowing from the dark multiverse into the, the proper multiverse and are starting to affect, infect healthy worlds and stuff. Wow, that's some wishful thinking, the dark multiverse sticking around yeah. and actually spilling on over to the main universe. Nah, I'm pretty sure they all died on their own. <laughs> yeah, so they, they need, they so someone is needed uh, to help fix this, and that person is Wally West, who has been incarcerated in uh, Blackgate Prison. Uh, for, why, why Blackgate yeah, and not Bell Rev? Well, apparently, they say in the book that Black, the Blackgate is like, he's temporarily staying them like well, why not just put him in a hall of justice holding cell until you need to put him somewhere else but it's not just that but like his identity has been revealed uh so everyone what? knows who he is it, like because he fuck superhero community <laughs> he's he's in this he's in this prison with like people he put there like Gerda and tar pit and murmur and all of that uh so they obviously this is how the superheroes treat their yeah. friend who had a mental yeah. breakdown by outing his secret identity yeah. and putting him in a fucking prison with people yeah. who ate a him. black gate prison at, at that yeah so they they you try and the kill him the worst prison in the world they, like double down tries to kill him and murma saves him not because murma like wants to be his friend but murma just wants him to suffer even more just by being alive in the prison uh, uh they, they try and they try and portray it as like wally is like upset with with everything he's done I'm like we well, still fucking did it mate you still fucking murdered all those people and then tried to frame people and cover it all up you, you're completely it's, responsible for all of this it's the cover-up that's the real problem yeah. like he can be like oh i wasn't in my right mind yeah but you covered it up though that's the real <laughs> thing you need to be sorry for her uh he he gets uh he meets with linda park um Oh. uh who who isn't his wife or anything anymore even no. though i'm fairly certain she like touched him and like got memories back i think i can't remember i can't fucking remember uh but yeah she's there like as just a reporter trying to ask questions and he gets like real triggered and like leaves because like he can't <laughs> bear to see her um 
Just, just, just one second. As the chat brings up, this is so perfect. Why are Flash villains like Tar Pit and Girder in Blackgate Penitentiary yeah. in Gotham? <laughs> well, I can, I could see that, like, it's not referenced, but I could see because Iron Heist doesn't exist anymore. Trickster blew it up. Um, oh. But, but in saying that, like, this book doesn't reference that, so I'm just going to assume Scott Lobdell didn't know that and just said, "Oh, Lobdell. was in Blackgate Prison." And, um, Damn, but yes please continue yeah so black so uh he's in this prison he's wearing like the control dampening collars and stuff uh black uh girder and tarpit attack him they break his collar he, he just he like wrecks them uh and then tempest comes to him and says oh we need your help come be my herald and help the universe rah, rah, rah. uh he uh wally says fuck off i i don't want anything to do with that uh, he's he's come for, he's come for Wally because apparently Wally is the fastest man in the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, suddenly, you know, all of a sudden, uh, and there's a great line as well where 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 you say you need to be you need to do this. We need someone who can travel like multiverses, and and Wally's like, I can't do that. I've never traveled multiverses, and I'm like, well, except for the time you you did, you know. Yeah, well, uh, do, do you remember you that? <laughs> you literally came from another universe into this rebirth universe. <laughs> yeah, but then we see. I've come down with a bad case of plot stupidity. So, <laughs> uh, he gets his costume and is forced to go on this thing, and he gets sent to Earth twenty eight, where he meets with the Calvin Ellis President Superman. Oh, and that, yeah. and he's got to help him somehow. But yeah, it's all it's right. all hand fisted. Oh yeah, I completely fucking forgot, and no wonder I did because it was shit. Um, there, there's like <laughs> this weird interlude, two page interlude in the book with Tarkal, the the Thanagarian treasure hunter. Uh, oh yeah, you posted these on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, the fucking font on it fucking did my head in reading that. Um, but yeah, he he goes after uh, Metron's Mobius chair and he finds it and he's oh the dialogue on it was so shit and it's like the whole dialogue of the whole book but he was basically talking to himself he's like this is the mobius chair only the strongest of minds can sit in it people who sit in it who don't have strong minds die i'm going to sit in it and then he dies amazing yeah oh the dialogue is so ham-fisted that sounds like a scott lobdell book oh yeah it it totally is it totally is a scott lobdell book to which the chat also said, why didn't they just get Joshua Williamson to try and fix exactly. it? Exactly. Probably because he, he was offended that he needed to fix it in the first place after Flash War and everything else he did. That they're just like, hey, you did great work, Josh. But King wants to do something over here. And Dio has an axe to grind. So we're just going to tear <laughs> that from tear you. Tear from you. <laughs> Oh, no, we got it covered in feces. Well, you can have it back, Josh. No, I don't want it. Hey, Scott, you love feces. Here you go. (laughs) Do you want to grope these feces? They Ah, won't fight back. I sure do. Check out my Kickstarter with the wife beater. (laughs) That's true, but yes, moving on. Yeah, so it's it's so ham-fisted. I'm going to keep reading it because it's only, like, what, six issues or something, and I just just want to see, like, how much more ham-fisted it can get again we're we have to do a series now because we messed up so bad and made people so angry that we put a d plus squad to try and fix it apparently as well like that harley ivy book as well like is a band-aid fix for for the stuff in in heroes and crisis again it's like these two books are just like trying to fix what what king has done And we gave that man an Eisner the same day he had to admit, yep, people hated Heroes in Crisis, but I did exactly what I wanted. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah, what he wanted. What he wanted. Amazing. 
just good times, good times. But you know what actually was good times, Matt? Uh, House of X issue number five. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Man, y- y- I really didn't think that a whole issue devoted to the mechanics of how you can resurrect the X-Men endlessly would be fascinating. But boy, howdy, was this fascinating. Yeah. To, to, talk about, like, we talk about a writer like King who doesn't, like, explain everything. Then we've got Hickman who actually explains everything perfectly. In detail. Yeah, yeah. And makes, like, use of characters who uh, otherwise, uh, like, before this were, like, joke characters, like, gold balls and stuff. And actually, no, this guy is actually important. So important, he's technically Mm -hmm. now, like, a mutant god. Yeah, a mutant celebrity. It's great, too, because, like, literally Magneto and Polaris are hanging out in this book. And it's like, hey, fans, I bet if you had a nerdy question, don't worry, because we thought of it. (laughs) Yeah, we've got Lorna basically being the audience, asking all these questions. Like, well, how do the shells of the human, of the mutants, clones, like, get the memories back and all this sort of stuff? Well, let me tell you, Lorna. (laughs) (laughs) And also read these appendices that will also tell you. And also, hey, here's potential spinoff books here as well with these ideas we've come up with. Just, man, the fact that Hickman did this and used two very much maligned Bendis characters to do it (laughs) is just a testament to how this man can just spin gold every time. Yeah, spin gold from, like, nothing. It's so damn good. Like, Gold Ball, stupid character, and just in a couple lines where it's like, well, yeah, so it turns out the Gold Balls aren't actually made of gold at all. They're made of human protein. Gross, but we can use it to make artificial wombs. Oh, and Proteus is here, too, to warp reality, and Tempest is here to move time around and Elixir to breathe life into it, and yeah, it works just like that. Yeah, yeah, I I do like the fact that Gold Balls, all all this time, he's he's basically been throwing eggs at people. (laughs) Yep, this whole time he's been throwing human protein eggs at people gross (laughs) eat my fleshy eggs (laughs) but yeah uh, also too as the chat is saying they finally uh mentioned where proteus is yes moira's son proteus who they even have an answer for that it's like but wait isn't the whole point of proteus that he's driven crazy because he's so powerful that just using his power burns out his body yes but because we're cloning blank mutant bodies basically blank vhs <laughs> for tape and stuff proteus can just hop into a new body and wait a minute proteus's bodies that he hop into they're modeled after xavier's body mm. so you've got so you've got a bunch of spare xavier bodies just sitting around huh mm. what's up with that yeah Mm, interesting but uh, what really got me was the panel where like xavier like gives um scott back his memory because we learned that cerebro isn't just for finding mutants he like it's like a data bank he stores like mutants like minds and essences in it and what was really cool and it's probably nothing but like when when he goes to activate the helmet magneto puts his helmet on and like yes, ooh, yes, what's what is that is that like magneto like saying don't copy my mind xavier uh-huh, there's only one of me that's a great shot and also too the same thing too when scott like comes out of the flesh sack and is born anew and like xavier's looking at him and talking about how like all is forgiven that's the exact same shot but shown in reverse of, yeah, of, of uh, the first what is issue it? Of, of the first issue and also of Avengers versus X-Men when Scott killed Xavier and he's looking over his charred body, but now it's Xavier standing oh, over him as he is cool. born anew. Oh, that's and awesome. I'm like, mm, 
Alan Hickman, he pays attention to everything. <laughs> yeah, and also, like, again, I still get more, like, sinister vibes from this. Very culty, this oh, issue God. as well. Like, I compared oh, them to, yeah. like, Branch Davidians. People got mad at me for that. Um, oh, even though that's exactly what, like, literally yeah. Storm's next words could have been, and now we're all going to drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, like, they're celebrating, like, look, look what Jesus did. Look what Jesus did. We brought that's back these people. <laughs> literally we have literally stolen fire from the gods we have made death our, our bitch we have an endless supply of suicide soldiers we are the most powerful beings in the universe now look what mutant jesus did yeah. all she all she was lacking is like holding two rattlesnakes up in her hand and like dance speaking yeah. in tongues and whatnot speaking in that <laughs> mutant language <laughs> exactly i got a fun about that oh they'll only bite you if you're sinful <laughs> are you sinful everyone didn't think so <laughs> but no it's beautiful and it's awesome because on one hand you're like fuck yeah mutants you do that yeah you yeah around for so long it's about time you know you finally start winning and then in the back of your mind too you're like this is really scary though this is yeah. way too much power for any person to hold and we're 90 percent sure xavier is someone evil under the mask personally i think it's mr sinister who jumped into his body and if he takes it off there's a diamond there Ooh, that's cool that's my theory but yeah and then they eventually become their own country too because uh, emma frost is able to manipulate the minds of the last again of more voters. sinister shit that like a cult would this is like something scientology would do like pay off the fucking like senators or something to allow them to build like a new fucking uh like alien mosque or something in in their city or something you know that yeah she she like manipulates the russian leaders so that they do vote for the things like jesus christ that's like toe in the line there <laughs> And it's wonderful, too, that Emma does it and not Xavier. Yeah. And Xavier's like, oh, I could have done that. Oh, but I wouldn't want to, though. Oh, I would do terrible things to my morality. <laughs> but I'm glad you did it, Emma. You you really took one for the cause on this. When I'm really happy, and I'm like, how does Emma know Xavier didn't use his mind powers to make her do it? Exactly, yeah, yeah. Maybe he's the one, like, manipulating all of this. And it, 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 it's kind of implied that he might be as well. Yes, like, because as they say, we make you perfect pod children the same age, your same powers, but we could also do other stuff when we bring you back. You don't know what you were doing. Yeah, we could yeah. make you stronger. We could make you younger. We could maybe even return the powers of people who have been depowered through this process. Yeah, there's lots of interesting and, like, really sinister things they can do with this like literally just in a couple pages i'm like oh well that's your next three to four years of stories right there because they say yeah you know we haven't tried yet putting someone's mind in someone else's body it would probably work also too you know this is comic books and sometimes dead people aren't really dead they're just missing or trapped in ice or something boy we'll have to be really careful to make sure we don't have doubles running around because we won't be able to know who the real one is <laughs> That's a, ooh, that's a that's a big problem if we have doubles. <laughs> just ah, oh, just so many great ideas that they could run with there. It's just ah, oh, just I I love everything about it. It's so interesting and so fascinating. And again, as we mentioned, the morality of it is really complicated too, because it's like, well, you guys are kind of acting like a scary cult, but also you're the X Men, and I like you, and because of the whole you know civil rights message. I want you to have your own country and your own laws and your own language that can thrive, but also you're scaring me. But maybe that's the point because like any group that's been put down and shat upon for years by those in power, <laughs> you're hoping that once they get into power, they won't treat everyone else as badly as they were treated. Yeah. I, I, I like that Hickman isn't like 
he isn't choosing a side on that either. Like he's portraying no. them as as sinister, but also like this is like a really great moment for the X Men because they have their own country, they have their own people, they're being celebrated and everything. And as he's he's doing both of them at the same time, and it's it's working Very. so well. He, again, he's walking that line so perfectly because it's like the X Men got everything they ever wanted, and they didn't hurt anybody physically yet. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> There's, yeah. there's that big question mark of like, yeah. And Magneto nails it so perfectly too when he talks about mankind's hunter-gatherer roots where it's like, you know, it used to be man always lived on the run, afraid of nature, afraid of each other, but then they built cities and society. But they never got rid of that fear. They just kept shifting it around mm-hmm. to everyone. And, you know, we mutants, now that we have everything we've ever wanted, we're going to be different. You know, we're going to concentrate on art and literature and, you know, all this other sophisticated endeavors. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, but will you, though? But will you really, <laughs> yeah. though? Well, won't that dream might get, like, sullied a little bit. You'll get too much power or something and it'll go to your heads Mm -hmm. because it's like yes the mutants you are indeed the next stage of human evolution but you got a lot of us in you too we'll see oh yeah 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 they they, they they're more human than they like to believe well in fact we know because we've seen the multiple futures and in multiple futures yes all this shit does come crashing down around them (laughs) yeah yeah it's going to be interesting to see how that works or especially now where they've effectively changed the future in a way where it was like nimrod isn't come or come when it's supposed to yeah, they've, yeah. Although it could be like like a Terminator thing where they've merely postponed it. Nimrod is inevitable. Yeah. <laughs> you only postpone Judgment Day. But yeah, that book continues to be awesome. I'm, I've am i never been more hopeful for the direction of this book where it's like, all right, what else you got? Because I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see what like the, the once the series ends, all like the X-Men, Uncanny X-Men, all those books do. Mm-hmm. And I definitely want to read all of them. And then at the same time, too, it's like, oh, that's a lot of X-Men books <laughs> to cover. Okay, I'm definitely going to read the Hickman ones, but also Excalibur and also maybe X-Force. <laughs> and maybe, okay, I'll read them all. Shit. I, I can't do videos on all of them, but I'll definitely try and read all of them. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's good shit. It's really, really good shit. Yeah, it is. Uh, what else did you want to talk about, Matt? Well, speaking of good shit, we had Justice League issue 32 we did justice league mixing it up in the past and the future yeah this is this this was so damn awesome issue so we got um we got like obviously the team of jsa and john stewart and what and uh barry fighting in pearl harbor yes <laughs> like helping to everyone I'm really glad the villains asked the question, hey, should we keep messing with time like this? Or are we going to ruin everything? And Luther's like, no, it's fine. Perpetua said it'd be fine. Fuck it, whatever you want. It's cool. Yeah, she, she's, she's got hyper time in the editing bay. And, and she, she can add and subtract what she wants. Because <laughs> in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, this is cool that the Justice League are helping out at like, you know, one of the darkest days in American history. And I'm like, but what if those people were supposed to die, though? Aren't you messing yeah. with time? It's fine. Perpetua said it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it, it brings out a lot of different questions. And it also brings out questions like, well, now that that's happened, like to right time, does that mean the team have to let Pearl Harbor happen? Again, this is the problem with using a real bit of history where it's like, oh no, and now the JSA has to let Pearl Harbor happen. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're there to get like the piece of totality, which is on like a research ship uh, called the Hail Mary, which is fun because this plan is the Hail Hilarious. Mary. <laughs> Hilarious. 
Uh, meanwhile, in the future, the the Trinity are fighting with the Justice Legion A. Who that fight was pretty short because Wonder Woman uses her really whip was. on on Our Man, and Our Man's like power allows like the the control over Brainiac to break. Which I'm fine with that because everyone keeps forgetting Diana has that power. It's like, yeah. dude, I can break all brain control with this. Yeah, I'm just make sure I'm, I don't get brain controlled first. Yeah, I'm glad it happened, which means we got like a cool team up with them, uh, with yeah. them fighting the the the. Uh, the brainiac robots as brainiac turns into future zen brainiac and brainiac one million <laughs> which it's funny people said hey he looks kind of like he did in convergence yes and his plot to steal different timelines and put them under glass is also literally his plan from convergence yeah yeah exactly <laughs> that's shocking i'm like it's, it's not a river thing convergence here but actually making it better because it's just a background thing <laughs> um aquaman shows up uh to help the jsa which is really cool he gets his han solo moment of like i'm here yeah yeah i'm here with the kraken and we're gonna save Literally. everyone to which again you want to talk about that changing history i'm like well if aquaman reveals himself to the world here in world war ii now won't this affect the history of atlantis Ah, <laughs> uh, you could just say yeah it's a it's an ancestor <laughs> the answer is perpetua said don't think about it <laughs> <laughs> i have it in the editing bay okay <laughs> yeah i'm fixing it yeah, i'm cutting and i was cutting and chopping and doing everything i need to fix history it's mine <laughs> um yeah so like uh lex and perpetua have been heading to the um to the fire edge of the the multiverse where the anti-monitor is and i love that perpetua thinks that when she arrives there her son is just gonna welcome her with open arms and they get there and anti-monitor's like fuck off <laughs> you know fuck you and doom <laughs> i've chosen the side of justice and his reasoning for choosing justice is amazing it basically boils down to screw you mom i'm hanging out with yeah, the justice league now. you hurt me but you also hurt the multiverse which is what we were made to create and look after so yeah i'm just gonna fuck you up with my giant gun yeah i i love that the whole anti-monitor perpetua and her children thing is just like this dysfunctional family soap opera yeah, yeah no better than like the humans they made <laughs> literally and i'm like that's actually perfect though it's like why is humanity so messed up look at the people who created us <laughs> yeah, look at our parents <laughs> exactly we are we are shoddy workmanship because <laughs> of their shoddy workmanship <laughs> and we're just we're all just snowballing that Kamandi had a great bit too this issue where he's like is this is this the future are there any yeah. good futures yeah and i like wonder woman's like no the, the the humans aren't just about like fighting or anything we're also about like compassion and hope and truth mm and all of that i like that i thought that was pretty cool it's great that wonder woman says that too to kind of like make him feel better because i'm like yeah if you're commandy you've only seen shitty possible futures can yeah. can commandy come to like modern day and like go to like shake shack or something and be <laughs> like yo here's like here's like earth when it was good dude yeah here he have some big belly burger yeah man hey can we do like some wendy's five for five for uh freaking commandy and can we like set him up with a netflix account or something <laughs> i think he's earned it like he can bring that shit back to earth and be like yo tiger people look what i got <laughs> look at this cool shit i got from the present <laughs> i see why they call it the present <laughs> because it's presence to me but yeah justice league continues to be great it's one of the few undeniably great things going on yeah in DC. it's so good and again it gives me hope for like the batman book because again this is like co-written by james tynan so yes. it's gonna be get damn good I, I wonder if funny batman will carry over because that seems to i be hope a thing so snide. i like funny it seems, batman 
it's a thing that like they're very subtly trying to do it Tynan and Snyder in this book where it's like okay we've written really serious Batman stories how do we make this different okay he's really dry and a cut up in this book is yeah. what he is yeah he makes like little jokes and people are like did he just make a joke yeah yeah under his breath all the time and it's so good yeah I'm not totally humorous yeah. whoa, ba whoa Batman did you see Superman and Wonder Woman beating up those robots isn't that cool it'd be cooler if I was there instead. yeah or also since he's writing that we could probably get Jaro in that series oh that'd be funny yeah hey kids I adopted this alien starfish he's your new brother now <laughs> accept him or die <laughs> it's like oh Master Bruce you can't keep bringing them all back here put him next to the cow and the two dogs that I have <laughs> Yeah, I remember how Ace and Titus only show up sometimes, and yeah. the Bat Cow also only sometimes. Mm -hmm. Boy, I hope someone's feeding those super dogs, <laughs> them bat dogs. Well, no one can now. Ra Ra Alfred's dead. Oh, no. Who's going to feed the Bat Zoo now? <laughs> <laughs> you know Bruce is going to forget. <laughs> hey, good kids. I can be oh, nope. All my sidekicks have run away or forget who they are. <laughs> Duke, feed the... Ah, crap. I sent him off to the outsider so he wouldn't bother me anymore. <laughs> Shit. Cassandra... Nope. Just got rid of yep. you, too. Uh, she's mm. gone. Yep. <laughs> this is why I gotta keep at least one kid around to feed the zoo. <laughs> that's that's why Batman keeps picking up sidekicks. It's not to, like, fill a hole inside It's, it's to look it's after just, the zoo. <laughs> it's free labor is what it really boils down to. <laughs> Alfred's <laughs> getting old. He can't do it all on his own. <laughs> uh but yeah that was justice league justice league continues to be cool shit awesome uh what else was there oh i read a rick and morty book this week oh nice tell me how about that was uh yeah this that? is the sequel to rick and morty versus D D. this is rick and morty versus D D two painscape which yes is a reference to planescape <laughs> nice uh, the joke is, is that it takes place exactly at the end of the previous one where the Smith family comes together by playing tabletop RPGs. Mm -hmm. But they're not the only one, though. Apparently, their love has spread to everyone else on Earth, and now the world is just D&D &D world. Oh, no. <laughs> where, like, D&D &D streams get, like, big corporate sponsorships, and there's dice stores on every corner. <laughs> That's awesome. And everyone's really happy about this, except for Rick, naturally, because Rick course. hates everyone else's happiness. He's like, this is fucking bullshit. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. This has to be sinister. <laughs> and indeed it is. There's an actual D&D &D plague uh, infecting the world, and it's turning people's cells into little D20s. Oh, nice. <laughs> and Rick's like, well, Marty, you and me got to go on an adventure to find the dimension where this plague is coming from. And the dimension they go to is a dimension based on a campaign for Rick's very first Dungeons & Dragons game. Because as we found out in the first part of this story, Rick actually likes Dungeons & Dragons, but he's a really shitty fan who hates it when people don't play his way. Uh, is he, he's one of those people where he's like, he he's, has to be the, like, the OPest uh, of the OP. Yeah. He only likes combat. He only yeah. picks the wizard because they have the most subclasses. He's a huge dick about it. Yeah. And this world is unfinished. And the reason it's unfinished is because it's being kept alive by Sorcerick and his master, Bardrick. <laughs> nice. Who are, who are evil fantasy versions of him. The, the Bardrick one is especially hilarious because in the first part of this story, Rick hates the Bard class and refuses to let Morty play the Bard. He says the Bard is the worst. It's the most horrible. It's because Rick's very first character he created was a Bard. Oh, <laughs> 
and they've literally been like, look, we're sick of living in this half-baked, unfinished world, so now we've infected your dimension with the D&D plague. We're going to steal your portal gun, invade the main world, and also we're kicking you off to the Tomb of Horrors, which, if you know anything about Dungeons & Dragons, is the deadliest, most mm -hmm. party-killingest, most famous dungeon of all, and Rick has to now go through it without his portal gun or any of his gadgets. Oh, no. <laughs> And I'm like, this is a cool setup, because the first part of this story was very simple. That's, hey, what if the Rick and Morty characters did D&D? &D? That's yeah. funny. Here's Subs, like, let's actually expand this concept. Yeah, let, let's go deep into it. And indeed he does, and it's very fun and very funny. And if you liked the first part, I'm sure you'll like this one too. I should give them a read. The, the only thing stopping me, and I know it's, it's, I know from you explaining it to me, it's nothing like that, is the whole rick and morty thing and like the fandom mm. that's the only thing stopping yeah. me from reading these that that i think is the beautiful thing about this book is that because they take something that's already nerdy like rick and morty and <laughs> mix it with dungeons and dragons there's a layer of disconnect to the bad rick and morty fans yeah, yeah. who can't penetrate that yeah who can't get in because they're not into D. &D. <laughs> And let's face it, I mean, every fandom has their bad fans, but yes, the, the Rick and Morty fans, the bad ones, have been especially loud and annoying and made it hard to enjoy. Yes. But yes, the, uh, you can read the first part, the original uh, Rick and Morty versus D&D. That's finished, and you can hop onto this. It's a very quick read and very fun. Awesome. If you got to travel anywhere, you could probably, like, knock it out on a bus or a train or something. Mm-hmm. It's good good shit but uh yeah that was uh, that was one of the different things i read this week nice i i read uh the new spider-man book from jj and henry abrams right i almost started this now uh, matt i'm glad you were able to be on the show this week because i know you're a bit of a celebrity now <laughs> as as your tweet review of this was picked up by the nerdist and like i i, I was almost a little jealous because i'm like that's the perfect tweet to put at the end of this conversation i literally can't write a better review than matt's tweet <laughs> and it was dead on accurate that's what really really surprised me so yeah oh no my comments were filled with like spider-man fans who fucking hated this book uh so yeah this book um is it's obviously not set in the main continuity it's just like a just just a book um, which is the big abrams mystery box because yeah. they didn't tell us that it wasn't going to be in the main universe but we probably should have known because the font wasn't the regular spider-man <laughs> font it was the weird 90s font which again yeah. they were kind of telling you uh, so yeah, uh, this uh, it picks up in the middle of like chaos. Something's like attacking New York, and uh, Mary Jane goes to find Peter, who's battling this thing. Uh, Peter is like all fucked up. He's basically lost an arm, um, mm. and she's telling him like the rules have changed now because they have a son. Uh, he needs to leave this battle uh, because of that. Like, uh, what's the kid's he, name? Uh, the kid's name is Ben Parker. Naturally. Um, yeah, so he needs to leave this battle and escape while he can. Uh, it's too late because this villain, uh, whose whose name is Cadaverous, uh, he looks like a real anime villain. I'm oh like, I yeah, don't he's have totally is. Role. What, what what series did this guy come from? What what yeah. mech show did this guy come from? Uh, he, he appears with like all his like robot biological robot thingies, um, and he he attacks them, and Mary Jane gets killed and uh then the book cuts to 12 years later and ben ben is uh obviously a high school student and he's he's also developing his own powers his own spider powers mm -hmm. uh he's he's estranged with his father because his father na now armless uh he's got a prosthetic arm 
uh, is a reporter for the the Daily Bugle, and he's always off on assignments huh. and stuff like that, and he's never around. So the relationship there isn't you know, it isn't there. Like he's an estranged father. So Ben is living with a very old Aunt May. Yes, yeah, I saw that. Um, and he's getting in trouble at school because he's like helping people, helping people from bullies and everything. And there's a great part where Peter Peter comes to pick him up, and and tells him like sometimes you know doing the right thing also makes you wrong. Like sometimes you just don't need to do anything. Like this is a broken Peter Parker, basically. Right, like, who's doing now the, giving the up. Doing the ro- the right thing often leads to like the death of someone you love or like so he's giving the opposite of with great power comes great responsibility now yeah yeah uh and ben ben doesn't really subscribe to that he wants to do good uh but Mm. like having a father like that isn't doing him too well he ends up developing these powers and uh the book kind of ends with aunt may saying like oh go upstairs and like look in this like floorboard and that's where he finds like peter's old costume Mm, yes I, I i breezed through the book i didn't read it but yeah that the, I, I can understand why that probably got under some people's uh uh, <laughs> hawk, uh cockles if you will because yeah it sounds like a story we've heard before and i know a lot of people were really pissed off at just the general nepotism of the project but it doesn't sound like the worst thing ever like people were making it sound no oh i'm really interested in that like because it's obviously a father-son writing the book i'm interested in that mm. relationship with a father-son in the book naturally which again i'm like is this jj abrams writing himself where it's like look son sometimes i'll be away saving the world and by saving the world i mean making movies and that's why i've neglected <laughs> exactly you. one day we'll write spider-man i will <laughs> leverage my power so we can how old is his kid anyway uh i'm not too sure i i would say like probably like late teens maybe 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 like 20 or something yeah i that's saw that little I... video and he was like quite quite older than i than i anticipated uh, his son is 19 apparently oh, huh. okay nice interesting so right in I that mean, in that gap where like where um uh where ben parker is in like still high school uh just uh, coming out of high school sort of thing so it's like you know how much meta text here how much is just the abrams writing their own life story yeah yeah it's it, it'd be interesting and of course you've got the whole mystery box with abrams of course so yeah, it's it's going to be interesting because there is a panel where like the cadaverous is like his whole deal is he's looking to do something with like a woman who's in like a stasis chamber like bring her back to life i'm like oh is that mary jane because you can't see the woman properly and i'm on, and i right, wonder if right. like maybe that's mary jane <laughs> i'm damn 19 nepotism man you know it, it's funny you know, I, I won't comment on the nepotism i'll just say you know i wish i wish my daddy was a major hollywood director <laughs> so i could write any comic book character i wanted my my daddy was only a drywall taper and the most he ever got me was uh some free movie tickets one time when he helped patch the roof of the local movie theater from falling down you know <laughs> same difference basically you know he was also there for me so i wouldn't need to write that story <laughs> If I wrote that story, it would just be like, yep, and Peter and his kid had fun adventures and hung out and liked each other's company very much. The end. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe it's good I didn't get to write whatever comic (laughs) girl I wanted. There's a lesson in there. But yeah, you, you you sound like you didn't hate it and you sound like you're maybe like one of the only people who didn't hate it. Yeah, it, it's fine. Like, again, like Spider-Man fans have this thing of where they have to hate everything like that comes out about the character like the character existing like frustrates them 
do you do you think people might actually like it a little bit more if they had been a bit more upfront to be like, yes, this is an Elseworlds story. This I, is this, I mean, that, whatever. Yeah, but like, use just using like a little bit of logic and brain power would would have told you that it was out of continuity. You know what it actually reminds me of as you sit here and describe it? Remember that Nightwing New World Order book, which was mm-hmm. also about a broken down Nightwing in the future yeah. trying to relate to his kid in a post-superhero world? That's really mm-hmm. what it reminds me of. Yeah, it's it's very similar, yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll give it a look. I might check it out tomorrow because I know people are probably interested in it and got to gotta get them clickies even if I don't keep up with it. <laughs> to get them clickies. Gotta gotta get him in there. It's not every day a major Hollywood director says that, yes, I want to help co-write a uh, superhero book. <laughs> so, you know, gotta get into that. I think, too, a lot of people complain to her. It's like, how how dare you give Spider-Man a kid and it not be the kid that I like? It'd not be a daughter. <laughs> it, it'd not be Mayday Parker because she's the one entrenched in the fan base. Which, again, if the dude writing this is only 19, he's like, I don't know who that is. Yeah, of course you don't. Yeah, well, as well, it's like, what's wrong with having a kid named Ben Parker? Like, it's great. there's nothing wrong in that and he's had it before so you know it's true some fans are hard to please i tells you oh god are they ever Uh, i i had two last ones here and i imagine you and i shared one of these nice what'd you read uh i had uh, absolute carnage number three i did that as well some very fun ideas pitched in this issue, mainly that Bruce Banner the Hulk has never actually had a symbiote i'm like really that's true (laughs) until now (laughs) That's, that's a shocking bit of trivia where it's like, yeah. really, the Red Hulk has had one, but he has not had not, one. Not it's only that, shit. not only that, this was like the first meeting of Eddie and Bruce. Well, t- yeah, exactly. The Hulk and Venom had met before, yeah. but as they say, we weren't ourselves when we met, because it's true, there was a Venom versus Hulk series, but they never met each other untransformed. Yeah, this is also strange because, like, Bruce Banner is there. <laughs> Just there. Yeah, <laughs> It's like, isn't he supposed to be kind of evil and on the run from the government right now? And didn't the last time he see the Avengers, he like whooped all their asses into the ground? Yeah, yeah. That's that's fine. You know, he 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 gets a reprieve and a pass because you know symbiote invasion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, extenuating circumstances. We'll we'll get back to that later. <laughs> We promise. <laughs> but yeah, it was really just like, hey, I'm Bruce Banner. I actually figured out how to work the maker's machine and I can actually make it do what it's supposed to do now. But with the caveat, anyone who gets put through it will be out for a couple hours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed a lot of Venom and, Venom and Eddie's narration. Uh, yeah, it, they're both it, compromising their morality and doing shit they shouldn't be. Yeah, and that Venom is, he's getting kind of desperate in the fact that he wants to destroy carnage for ruining his name and or bringing about gods and stuff like that he's so desperate that like he's willing to leave eddie for someone who is willing to actually kill carnage when it needs to happen it's this really interesting scenario where it's like we've seen eddie in the suit fight before but this is for totally non-petty reasons it's like look we both want to do the right thing here i want to defeat carnage i want to save my kid but we can't do these both at the same time so we're at odds <laughs> yeah yeah i i like that uh, i like that eddie eddie is taking a bit more charge as well where he's like no i i put my foot down i i have a kid now i can't go around being lethal protector anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> to which the suit's like all right fine i'll go find someone who's super lethal hey hulk get over here blah, blah, blah. <laughs> i i love that that last little bit of panel because obviously like I, it's probably going to be explained in one of the times, but somehow like Carnage like duplicated Eddie and like switched out his place. Somewhere. Oh, that was 
that uh, they actually explain that in the free comic book day issue because they okay. offhandedly they offhandedly mention oh Eddie was framed for something that went down at the raft. Okay, yeah, I know, I know they mentioned that yeah in this book, and I, but I thought that was, that was like a mention to like the stuff that happened in the um, uh the what do you call it the stuff that happened just before in oh what's the I would keep wanting to say Arkham Ravencroft. No, 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 no. That was actually a thing that happened in the free comic book day issue. Uh, Carnage okay. shapeshifted into Eddie, went into uh. Raven, or, or uh, went into whatever the prison is, the raft, caused a bunch of shit, and that's why he's framed at the beginning of the book because Carnage right. can shapeshift too. Right. Right. So that's how they explained it, because he switched out with him. And he did it again for no other reason than just to be creepy. He could have killed yeah. them all, but he just wanted to be creepy. Yeah, he, he just wanted to be creepy. And uh, that led to, obviously, Bruce Banner becoming the Hulk and becoming the symbiote-infected Hulk. And there's a really cool paddle where he, he th where Carnage thinks he's killed Bruce because he's, like, mm -hmm. stabbed him before the, the uh, symbiote can get on him properly. But it just obviously turns him into the Hulk. And the Hulk hits him, and he's like, oh, fuck, that hurt. <laughs> We are Hulk, which is hilarious because I'm like, man, how many voices does Bruce Banner have bouncing around <laughs> in his head right now? The Hulk, the Venom symbiote, Mr. Fix-It, the Devil Hulk. Yeah, all these voices vying for control. <laughs> man, poor Banner. He must just be like, shut up, shut up, everyone, shut up. Uh, that, that's going to be really cool. A Venom-infected Hulk, like, that. that's pretty damn OP. <laughs> and Ewing is getting a tie-in too, apparently. Ooh, Interesting. It's not in the main Immortal Hulk series. It's like a special one-off. Okay. And I'm like, well, what the what the? I was remember seeing that, and I'm like, what the hell does the Immortal Hulk have to do with this? Oh, this is why. Yeah. This is what he. Ha oh, the chat also says there, uh, Sleeper the Cat. Yeah, that's pretty. Boring. Yeah, yeah, that was from the last issue of uh, Venom when 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 we saw that body. Yeah, to have a new body. Where it's like, dude, if you can just be whatever you want, why wouldn't you want to be a cat? Yeah, yeah, just Everyone be a loves cat, a cat. And, and no one suspects be, the cat. No one ever suspects the cat. <laughs> uh, all right, I, I had one final book, and I actually got back into a magnificent Miss Marvel. Oh, nice. How was that? Eh, you know, it's a lot to take in. This is solid in a mid, really trying to reinvent the wheel on this one, and also trying to, I think, prolong the Kamala character a little longer. Okay. So she had a whole adventure in space where she got the brand new costume, which is like advanced Kree tech. It's basically like a symbiote. She can control it with her mind. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's cool. But I kind of like the DIY nature of Miss Marvel. I can understand she can't do that forever. Spider-Man changed his suits a lot. That's part of growing as a hero. You need to get a new costume. Mm -hmm. But I'm just like, all right, I can deal with that. Also, this same alien adventure caused her parents to forget that she actually came out as a hero to them. So now they don't remember. Oh, okay. And Miss Marvel's like, oh, well, I should just tell them again, right? Because, you know, I, I was truthful once. I should be truthful again. Maybe you shouldn't, though, because your dad actually has some strange unknown disease and is dying now. <laughs> so maybe you shouldn't put that extra pressure on them. So she's like, ah, crap, I can't do that. But, yeah, so they've really kind of changed up her status quo, some in ways I like, some in ways I don't like. Okay. But uh, the big thrust of this issue is that uh, her and her friends decide to go for sandwiches uh, in an area that has been taken over by a Amazon-esque temp company called Rubicon. <laughs> nice. And they're like, man, you know, they're coming here into New York. They're gentrifying the area. We're never going to be able to get Euro sandwiches here anymore if these guys keep moving. And they're basically zombies. Look how they're shambling around. No, but they actually are zombies, though, all the people <laughs> who are working for Rubicon. Oh, that's great. And, oh, 
Only instead of saying brains, brains, they say report, report. <laughs> and I'm like, that's actually more terrifying. And of course, we find out that uh, another thing Amit is doing is trying to build Kamala's rogues gallery. So he brings back both Discord and Lockdown, who are two characters that she fought before. Uh, mm -hmm. Lockdown is interesting because she was also a protege of Carol Danvers, only when Carol was like super into locking people up during Civil mm -hmm. War II. Okay. And where Carol's like, oh, that was bad. I shouldn't do that anymore. Becky Lockdown's like, fuck you. I'm going to lock up whoever I want. This shit is <laughs> sick awesome, bro. <laughs> and Discord, who's probably the most interesting because he was actually Kamala and all of theirs friend, Josh. He mm -hmm. went to school with them. Mm -hmm. But then he found out that his girlfriend, Zoe, uh, was actually gay and came out. So he freaked out and joined Hydra. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yes, this was during Civil War II. They're like, you joined Hydra once. Like, oh, my girlfriend came out as gay. You all don't like me. There's no safe place for white men anymore. So I joined this Nazi death cult. And now because Hydra's obviously gone, because the Red Skull's just living in Lucan's head right now, he's joined up with Rubicon. And I'm like, oh, I see what you're doing here from Nazi death cult to Tech Valley, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're, you're ticking all the boxes, Josh. <laughs> I see what you're doing. <laughs> Next, he's going to have a YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a patreon and then they got to be kicked off there so he's gonna have to go to some other platform exactly yeah he's, he's gonna be on gab or whatever that one is for people who got kicked off twitter he'll be on there so look everyone follow follow me disc discord on discord because his name is discord that's hilarious yeah. <laughs> <laughs> follow me here we're gonna be streaming roguelike later me and all the other guys from the <laughs> men's group but yeah he's back now he's a villain it's very funny and it's just okay i see i see what you're doing here amid i can understand you're trying to mature kamala as a character and have her fit the more traditional superhero mold with recurring mm -hmm. villains and having to keep a secret identity but at the same time too i'm like i don't like walking backwards in this story and i know if she's getting a show and everything you want a status quo close to what people are used to mm -hmm. for superheroes but I don't know. I'm not 100% sold on it. Like, I'll keep reading it. And I enjoy it. It's good. Salt in a is a good writer. But I actually think I'm enjoying more what he's doing with Spider-Man now. Okay, yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's uh, that's me. Cool. Uh, I've got two more books. Uh, All right. The, the first one is Supergirl issue 34. Uh, it's nice. the I, I want to say the beginning of a new story, but it's basically going to be Mark and Draco actually building what Leviathan is. Uh, and oh, actually nice. doing all the work for Bendis. Um, so, <laughs> so obviously Supergirl has returned home after the last issue of Superman, uh, and she she finds out about Leviathan and and all that, and she's like, right, well, I'm not just going to sit on my hands. I'm going to actually get to the bottom of this. And she starts investigating them, and uh, that takes her back to Shea Veritas, and and oh. uh, she wants to track down Eliza and Jeremiah, her adoptive parents. Right, because this is. Because this is now hooked up to the events yeah. of that Leviathan one shot. Yeah, uh, Shay says that she can't because they might be in hiding or undercover and doesn't want to blow their cover. But uh, she, Supergirl, knows she's lying to her because uh, what's really happened is Eliza has been killed, uh, or, oh. or at least been killed because uh, Supergirl tracks down her bionic hand, like the signal in it, and finds it oh. in like an, a medical examiner's office in like a body bag filled with like just gore it's <laughs> just like gruesome, gruesome like that's, skulls and shit and that's pretty dark for this book yeah and um so she thinks that she's dead and that's when leviathan soldiers come for her and 
we don't know why they've come for her yet but she she like takes them down but they end up getting the best of her because they have kryptonite weapons and oh, that's she, she is only saved by a masked man who is revealed to be jeremiah danvers uh who killed oh. who kills one of the the uh, leviathan soldiers before they teleport away uh so the book looks to be sending both of them together with crypto to investigate leviathan and i guarantee you they'll do more a better job than the actual event leviathan people oh probably event leviathan has had four issues and nothing has happened I yeah or more has happened in this issue <laughs> god damn um all while that's going on we obviously had brainiac one except lex luther's offer which was unfettered access mm. to the fortress of solitude uh to gain nope. the information of the the universe and basically it's it's funny it's actually a pretty funny line where uh he is he's now he didn't have all of this knowledge of the universe before but now he does so now he can call himself brainiac ah that's fun uh so that's gonna be really interesting because it's like the robot brainiac like the full robot brainiac that's this one right. it's no relation to like real, real drocks or anything so I mean, they haven't really explained where he's come from mm, interesting but yeah, yeah malcolm draco looks to be like fixing all the shit bendis is doing so i'm all for that someone has to and i guess he has to hurry up too because his run will be done soon enough yeah yeah i'm guessing yeah it'll be finishing up just after event leviathan i think god damn event leviathan i think you know if we ever took a tally of the most nothing happening events that would be the one that would be the one i nothing has happened nothing is going to happen how can you be so short and still have nothing happen it's really impressive <laughs> it's really really impressive thirty thousand dollars a book joel 30, 30, the most highest paid man in comics today <laughs> and he does nothing and he does that man i wish i had that gig i wish i was the highest paid man in podcasting who my trick was i didn't come out with a podcast or i did and it was just pointing at me saying and doing nothing yeah yeah for just an hour and 30 minutes drinking a coffee or something i don't know oh man i wish i had a coffee on a good day i drink some coffee because you know that kind of feels like something's happening <laughs> But not always. Uh, you had one more you were saying? Yeah, one more. And it's probably one of the best books I've read, not just this week, but probably this oh. year. Uh, and that is The Year of the Villain Lex Luthor One-Shot. Oh, shit. That came by, out? Yeah, by Jason Latour and Brian Hitch. How did I miss this one? Okay, please tell me about this. <laughs> uh, this so, totally flew under my radar. Oh, God. You got to pick it up. Um, so this okay. issue sees Lex traveling the multiverse and killing his counterparts. So... Uh, they don't like counterparts he thinks are worthy of the luther name uh ones right. that he see as a threat to his and perpetua's plans naturally uh and first he goes to earth 38 and picks up like a younger version of himself and uh the issue is kind of like like a um like uh like ebenezer scrooge like he's taking this little kid <laughs> through time to like these are all like the different versions here's a version that's like batman and has superman as his alfred and is friends with a martian kryptonian <laughs> hybrid called cal uh oh, wow. and all this stuff and yeah he's taking him through and he's like visiting all these earths to see if they live up to the luther name and the ones that <laughs> do he he like kills or the ones he, he views as a threat he kills that's actually really fitting when we stop and consider how many times alternate Luthors have come to tip the scales mm -hmm. in a crisis style events and how many times Luthors from other universes yeah. have fucked Luther himself up. Yeah, yeah. So he's going through all these ones. He, he meets like a Luther called Doomthor, which is Lex Luthor turned into Doomsday. 
um, oh. uh, which he takes to the universe where the Batman Luther is and sets him loose on the super <laughs> the Superman of that world. Um, he's, yeah, he's just like fucking up all these people's plans. <laughs> he meet, he, he meet, he's really Rick and Mortying through time, is what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. He meet he meets one. He meets a Lex Luthor who never turned into a villain or an arch enemy of of uh, Superman because he instead of going to medical school, he decided to take up the Thurman. Uh, that you know that that the and because <laughs> of that yeah. and because of that he became the shoemaker <laughs> oh and so well, he's not some he's just like but he's aware of like other luthers and everything so he's like yeah yeah i took up the thurman and medical school you know choices have consequences and then he's like killed <laughs> <laughs> i was a lot happier <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah um he he meets oh it's it's such a great bit of character development this part so he goes to this he goes to earth one in the future and it's an earth where lex luther has won against superman and it didn't kill superman or anything because uh clark is still alive and explaining because he used the black mercy on him um oh, and and but nice but what happened is is it led to this lex dying and being killed and he's and this lex is in a hospital bed in a coma he's got a big smile on his face because he's won <laughs> and apex lex arrives there and like fucking yells at him it's like why how did you ever think that something so meager as beating a superman was worth your fucking time like you're a <laughs> disgrace to the luther name <laughs> oh i hate you now because i've evolved beyond you now this yeah. is what i used to think was yeah, cool so below me right now and, and he leaves him alive he, though um, but the last Amazing. one, the last one he visits is one that um, is a Lex who got into botany and oh. uh, uh, used his his abilities to help the world and and everything. Mm. And this Lex, uh, for all intents and purposes, is a good guy. He uses uh, the black the black mercy as a tea because he's built up a tolerance to it. He uses it as a tea oh. so he can because he's learned the black mercy doesn't create dreams; it creates realities. Oh, um, and he uses it to go to other realities where he's a hero. He's the flash. He's the Superman. He's the Shazam. He's all these heroes, uh, to make it feel like he's actually done something with like being given a second chance and done something oh, with wow. his life. Uh, but he doesn't think he's, he's like used those opportunities well. Uh, but, uh, the one thing he does see is like the Superman and like he, 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 he knows that like Lex obviously had like the petty quarrels with the Superman and, uh, he 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 basically lays it down for Lex, where he's like, "You you fought Superman because he he had something unique, and you were looking for something unique to stand out, for, and you didn't have that, and you're mad that this guy had something unique and was using those gifts, those unique gifts to help people." That's really smart, and also really enforces why Lex would be willing to work for someone like Perpetua <laughs> when he's been such a selfless person for so long, or so self-centered, I should say. It also kind of like explains to me the idea where it's like, no, Lex Luthor's greatest villain isn't Superman. Lex Luthor's greatest enemy is Lex Luthor because he's constantly getting into his own That's an exact line that this this guy says. He says like the it's like you were the master at only ever fooling yourself. That's wow. That does sound like some ten out of ten shit. Um and yeah so uh, this luther actually ends up dying because the little kid luther kills him and uh we find out this whole whole story hasn't been lex trying to go around the multiverse killing uh people the whole story has been him taking this youngest version of himself and testing him to see if he is a true luther and if he's a true luther lex took him back into the main reality put a uh black mercy on him and this has all been his dreams 
uh, as Lex has been keeping this child in cryostasis as a backup for a human version of himself. So we've already explained how to get out of it now when Apex yeah, so Lex has run its course. How likely? Yeah, it's kind of required reading. Yeah, wow. This is the first now of these that has actually become required reading. Yeah, it's so fucking good. It just Man, gets it. For, for all my pissing and moaning about the early year of the villain books, that Riddler one shot last week was mm -hmm. great, and this one sounds also great. Yeah, the, Sinestro, the, the only one that hasn't been good is the Black Mask one. Yeah, which Black Mask almost feels like a joke on Black Mask yeah. about being like, why can't he be a bigger villain? Because he's not actually that good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wow, that I will be as soon as we're done here. I'm gonna go pick that up. I'm gonna oh, add that to my cart. So damn good. That's I like Jason Latour. You know, it's funny. Jason Latour, he's you know a constant you know uh, collaborator with other people, but I think he's finally really growing into his own as like a dude uh, who can headline. Yeah. I I was reading this and I was like, what was the last thing I read by Jason Latour? It's been a while since I read something by him. Yeah, same here. Well, that's good. That sounds great. Actually, I will be sure yeah. to look into that. So is that everything, Matt? Is that everything from this week? That is everything. Whew, this was a jam-packed show, everyone. We had quite a few people watching us. Thank you, everyone, for joining us late on a Sunday night. We had like 30 people in here. I appreciate it. I know there's lots of other places you can be in that a lot of people have work in the morning. But, of course, <laughs> thank you, Tevia and DNG and Real Amos and Amazing Spider-Man and Marvel Knight and everyone else who's been hanging out with us, especially the people who I forgot because I don't see your name on screen <laughs> right now. KT, of course. Yeah, Space uh, Lord. Yeah, Space Lord, Lucky, you know, all the uh, all, all the warriors. We got all the warriors, all the regulars <laughs> here tonight. Uh, as always, uh, if you are a patron, you can listen to this episode first before anyone else as soon as it goes up. Matt and I try and get this done usually the next day due to the time difference and everything. Uh, that's both audio and video version. Uh, anyone can listen to the audio version. If you want the video version, that's a perk for $5 and up. Uh, definitely worth the value. We're putting all sorts of stuff up there. I'll be trying to put another commentary up there soon because it's uh, beginning of October, and that's usually what we do in that situation. Uh, Matt, you said you had con stuff you were doing. You just came back from OzCon. Yeah, I just came back from OzCon, so expect like a little video sometime in the, probably before this actually goes up on YouTube. Um, so yeah, expect to see that. Expect to see some like cool photos. They had a giant Tie Fighter there, which was really cool. Ugh. So I got cool pictures of that. Oh, so freaking cool. So be on the lookout for that. I, of course, will be going to London Comic-Con uh, in two weeks. That's London, Ontario, not London, England, as I keep <laughs> saying. Uh, I actually got all my merch for a change, Matt. I actually got all my freaking merch, and I can actually show it off, and hopefully uh, some people want to buy it. Nice. That's awesome. Also, thanks to Tom, not Tom Gallagher, the Tom we know, but Tom of the band Detreya there for helping me out, actually making an events page uh, for my panel, which will be on the Saturday. We're talking about uh, superhero uh, movies, how they took over Hollywood, why they're such a big deal. That's the panel I'm going to be talking about. Awesome. So, yeah, be sure to check that one out. I'm going to try and film that and have that one up in some capacity for people to see it. Again, I'm a one-man film crew, so sorry if it sucks. I'm thinking I'm just going to plant my little mini uh, tripod in the camera next to me and, like, record with my phone or some shit if I have to. <laughs> but, yes, uh, thank you, everyone. As always, too, you can find this show every Wednesday on uh, the Cape Joel channel at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Although I think uh, not either next week or the week after that, the week I go, we're going to be doing a commentary and the fans have chosen. They want to hear us do Under the Red Hood, Matt, is what they uh, want. I thought they said Dark Phoenix, Joel. 
Well, I'm pretty sure they said <laughs> under the red hood, man. Which, actually, I'm shocked people actually said under the red hood because we had that, we had Mask of the Phantasm, we had the killing joke. There was a lot of like serious Joker content there. I'm surprised they picked under the red hood. But come to think of it, I don't think we've ever done the one. I had to actually go back and look into my own file. I'm like, did we do this one already? No, no we didn't we haven't. actually. No, we haven't. That's shocking. I'm like, surely we did it and I lost it, but I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> but yes thank you everyone for coming out and watching and listening always appreciate it be sure to find us here again next week at the same time because i guess the comic multiverse is a live show now i guess so yeah maybe we'll do some live some not we'll we'll, we'll decide we'll, we'll we'll put it out there i mean the commentary we can't do live so again if we don't come back in a week or so or two weeks or so it's because we're doing the commentary that's why yeah but again, you'll be able to find that at all the regular outlets. Thank you, everyone. Uh, always appreciate it. And we will be back again next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.